previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Just say, can we please have more questions about the pre-rendered background so I look like I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I've echoed John's thoughts in the past that I think a remake of this game is going to be a very different game to the game that we've all played collectively here. It's a very awkward introduction though, isn't it? I don't really like how this game starts. Like the gas station, especially after the explosion, was just such an impressive change to me. Like they had to remodel everything. By all means, to be on a future future episode, sliding around with me. <laughs> <laughs> what a proposition! Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Project Umbrella podcast. Forget Santa's Grotto, if you want your Christmas fill of all things Resident Evil, this is where you come. I'm jolly old Saint Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today. He's our guiding star, sh- showing us the ways the baby Jesus is Star's Tyrant. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> His Christmases are about as traditional as Die Hard is a festive film. It's Rombie. Hey, Die Hard is the quintessential Christmas film. Thank you very much. He's the ghost of Christmas past. It's George Trevor. Hashtag hats on all enemies, RE3. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even make it to a minute, guys. <laughs> and we welcome back a special guest as he enjoys his turkey on a barbie. It's the selfish gene. Hello again. Today's podcast is a veritable smorgasbord of delight, divided up into four manageable chunks for your festive digestion pleasure. First up for appetizers, as always, we'll be catching up with all the latest Resident Evil and site news, before moving on to the Smoked Salmon Starter, where we will see us hand over to the Selfish Gene for an exclusive run-through and Q&A with him following his personal experiences with Biohazard Valiant Raid and Biohazard 7 Walk Through the Fear. Then it's time for the main Christmas turkey dinner and this year it's a whopper of a bird Resident Evil 3 Remake we're going to be talking leaks, characters and that trailer and if that wasn't enough and you know you shouldn't every part of your body is saying you shouldn't but you can't resist a traditional Christmas pudding that is a festive edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz oh yes it's also the season finale so who knows how it will end but we'll start with the news First bit of major news, and obviously it's the main focal point of the podcast. Remake 3 has leaked initially, then the trailer came at the state of play, uh, as well as we had a bit of uh, confirmation of the Project Resistance um, status. We won't talk too much here, but the general headline is that Remake 3 is coming out on April the 3rd, and available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and available on Steam. So if you have Steam on your PCs, you can play it that way as well. What versions everyone can 
going to be getting? PS4. PS4. But you have Steam on your PC, Sean. Nick, everybody has Steam on their PC now. Um, <laughs> I don't have Steam but, on my PC. But, Thank uh, you very much. Well, Why not? Any, any any modern PC gamer needs Steam because a lot of the all, a lot of the retail boxes you get now are just literally a, a code for Steam. They don't even have a disc in the box. People uh, people buy physical copies still. Yeah, there are, you can still get the, the cases, well, but it even says on the box, uh, this this box does not contain a disc. Steam is what digital download. Steam Steam is a platform like an application that you download for your PC at the program, and then you download games through it. So like my Picks and Love Resident Evil Two copy, I don't even that was PC, and I don't I have to check it out, but I don't think it included a disc. It just literally had a case that looks like a, a retail game, but inside it is just literally a CD key, if you like. So it's just a download. Steam, so it's it just downloads. A, yeah, it's a bit. There's no such thing as like physical PC media anymore because Isn't so there? many. No, because you have to always and nearly they, associate oh. with with a platform. Yeah, and they- and this is like a special collectible edition. Occasionally, they have them. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the times, any PC game, if it does come with a disc, it'll often just come with the the actual, like, an install of the program you need. Oh, I'm well behind. Sorry, folks. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, like, explaining it to your granddad. <laughs> so, I, I will probably Back get... in my day, the PC came on the disc! <laughs> it came on a four-inch floppy disc. It's a, it's a content. Okay. Manager. It, it, it... You had a nail on the head here, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to hang him out to dry. Thanks, Wombie. This is why I don't do PC not gaming. Not, not to derail it much further, but... Um... So I've just looked at the Resident Evil 2 copy that I got with Picks and Love, and it does actually have 2D. It, it does have a, an install, but it's, you still need to carry on the download with Steam. It can only install so much. <laughs> I want to ask all these questions as well, Nick. I just want to say, you just ask the questions that I'm too scared to ask because I'm going <laughs> to look old and stupid. And you asked, and I'm thinking, yes, I'm so pleased he asked this. Fine, right. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to get the PS4 version, although don't don't underwrite the, the PC version because I think some people are going to make some great Jill and Nemesis mods. Yes, that's probably no, true. We're just gonna, we're yeah. just gonna, I'm sorry, we're just going to end up with a bunch of naked Jill mods. Exactly, I, yeah. yeah. Nemesis in yeah. a bikini. The giant goose. Uh, uh, but we will all get our uh, hats. Someone <laughs> might make someone Mod- might pay attention. Yeah, I think, Rob, I think at this point, Rob needs to issue a full and you know genuine apology to the community for what they <laughs> and do it this week. No. I'm not doing that. That's that's not happening. <laughs> I stand by that. They had stand. the hats. They had the hats in Resident Evil. They had the hats in the Resident Evil Seven DLC. I'm standing by it. Uh, that's a nice segue into the next bit of news, which focuses on Resident Evil Two. So. Uh, a new bit of DLC has dropped in the form of the one-shot RPD demo. Now you may be thinking, well, I played that this time last year nearly. Why is it out again? Well, they have patched in a nice little a secret voice version of the Nemesis as you explore outside the RPD. Um, you can go up to, uh, I think it's like a gated section, a fence-gated section, and you can hear the Nemesis say... So, uh, is it, I haven't yet downloaded it. Have uh, have you guys done it? Yeah. No. It, it's literally just stars very, very quietly as you go outside. I, um, I watched the video so, of it. I really like that they did it. Oh, 
also additional Resident Evil 2 news is uh, along with the one shot demo there's been a slight patch to Resident Evil 2 whereby you can now find a new file which certainly infuriated all the 100% completionists because they had to quickly go and try and find the file in the game but this is a little note from a certain character who we'll be discussing later I've yet, I've yet to do it but I've had I've down my it's been downloaded and I will I will do it but who wants to ruin it for everyone <laughs> oh, I'm not going to ruin it yeah no, we don't. We don't we ruin it either. We're not going to ruin it, but it's 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 been patched, I think, to the PS4 and I think the Xbox version, but not the PC version yet. It'll happen in a day or two. It'll be happen by the time this is out. It should have happened, which is ironic because the uh, Steam achievements list was the th- first thing that let everyone knew something was going to happen. Because even before it had an actual attached picture or description, there was an extra file appear that just said uh, an extra achievement. The, the achievement tells you exactly what it is anyway. Pretty much, it doesn't tell you where to look for it, but. Tell you what it is. I don't know if you guys saw, but Cat replied to someone's tweet saying they've been working on the development of the remake for three years. Well, <laughs> so you know, but clearly that's about what 12, 18 months after they decided to do remake too. So this is not a decision that they. It's it's a pretty ballsy decision to say that they knew how successful the second one was going to be for them that they'd make a third one straight away. But obviously they decided pretty early if they're going to remake two, they're definitely going to remake three. So they could have easily had it there the whole time for sure. So you can find the file hidden in the game. I won't. won't say where but you can find a little note left let's just say you need well i highly recommend you use leon nicely to sales figures which is rob's favorite topic and it's quite useful for you to clarify a couple of points it's now past the original resident evil 2's sales figures which i think is what four and a half mil give or take Uh, that's four four points Seven, just to clarify though uh, Rob because uh, you've done it, I think you've done this in a previous podcast as well because I was listening to one recently back and this is only passing the play, the, the PlayStation original, original release yeah because it's, it's a weird I, I kind of went on a bit of ramble it's really hard to compare these like I don't really like these stories let, let, I'll get this out of the way probably first and make more, more sense it's not really an apples to apples comparison because we're talking about a game that released on a single platform in 1998 now the console install bases were different it didn't release on multiple like when we're talking about the remake it launched on PS4 Xbox One PC all at the same time so it count, counts all of those versions being sold it counts all the digital versions versions that were distributed on all those platforms as well it's not really an apples to apples comparison there by itself also 5 million units in 1998 is different to 5 million units now the gaming industry is in a different place 5 million units like 4.7 million units that Resident Evil 2 did and it's most of it in its launch it was about 3 million in its first month I think is a huge deal was a huge deal in 1998 that's that that's more like some game coming out and doing like 8 million in its first month now and 5 million is more closer probably to, to a sales of 10 million today um, so it's, it's really hard to even compare those two things and then on top of it yeah it only covers the original PlayStation release in 1998 but it's the version that came out first in January only up until I can't remember when the DualShock version came out I think October or something the DualShock version is actually a completely different SKU and it's counted separately I've had a few people over the years go well how do you know this because it's not on the IR list it doesn't mention it well the simple answer is you can see this yourself with uh, the Resident Evil Director's Cut version there's a different SKU between the version that came out in 1997 and the DualShock re-release in 1998 they've actually got two sales markers both of them passed a million units it just means that the DualShock version of Resident Evil 2 just sold less than a million worldwide but we don't, so we don't know exactly how much but that puts it in a ballpark of somewhere probably around 5 to 5.2 million so until the remakes pass that on pure numbers it probably hasn't outsold the 
all of the PlayStation original sales. It's, as I said, even that comparison is kind of a, it's apples to potatoes. <laughs> but that won't count then the N64 version, PC. No, it doesn't, it doesn't count the Dreamcast or any of those. And, yeah. but none of those sold a million units either because otherwise they'd be in the Capcom's IR million right. sales units. But if you combined all of those together, probably Resident Evil 2 sold somewhere close to 6 million in all its copies. Are you telling me, Rob, that the game.com Resident Evil 2 did not sell over a million copies? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, Nick, no. Oh, don't uh, believe self. it. Don't believe yeah. it. <laughs> That's the first bit of site news. Our Facebook page has an update. We now have top fans working on it right now. Who? Top fans. So a big shout out to our first top fans. So that's Callum, Zach Lord, Kelborn Asmo, Andrew Farmy, and Julian Maleski, Mark S. Kirby, and someone called Paul Freshwater. Nice one. Our YouTube page has had some updates as well. We've uploaded the Remake 3 trailer, which we'll talk about, as well as some wonderful insight and feedback and analysis from Stars Tyrant on both the leak, well, when it when the leak happened, and then uh, some feedback on the trailer. Uh, worth checking out, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, if you like um, seeing my face get, then get turned into a meme for everybody to use for nefarious purposes. But it's some really good insight, and yeah, it actually did really well for the, the videos, so worth checking out to complement our discussions today. And there's some more other streams, some some bit of news uh, to follow. So Stars continues his painful quest with Resident Evil Six. You have uh, completed the Sherry Jake campaign and now doing the Ada campaign. Smiley was with us as we finished the Chris campaign as well, so it was nice to have him on. It was. Uh, if, yep. Thank thank you, Smiley. We've had so that Smiley. We've had Yo, and we had Mr. Spencer so far. With one co-op chapter left to go, I wonder if anyone will join us for Leon and Helena versus a Tyrannosaurus Simmons. <laughs> so everyone's um, living dream. So with regards to the streams, I don't know when they'll resume because as we get nearer to Christmas time is really limited so uh just keep an eye on the twitter and if i can get an impromptu one impromptu one up i will do so you'll also see that i've started a new stream which is of resident evil 7 one of my favorite games in the series we've done two parts of that uh we're currently exploring the basement areas and that's been really good fun uh part one went dangerously well in normal mode we did suspiciously well and i was very worried but i was promptly brought back down to earth uh by jack so there we go <laughs> if anyone if anyone wants a good giggle by all means get episode two logged because Nick's jump scares at Jack stalking him around the mansion is just they're, they're a treasure oh. to build. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just that. The thing is, I forget. I forget. I forget what the trigger moments are. So <laughs> I'm like well, the moment where he bursts into the bathroom is. <laughs> It's absolutely perfect. Thank you, Nick. No worries, no worries. But yeah, good game to play, so check them out as well. And I will be picking them up in the new year as well. So uh, join us for that. But that does actually wrap up all the news. Unless, Rob, you do want to make a plea, I can I can give you some uh, I, platform space. I, 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 if, if, if Sean's going to tear me a new one if I do it. I, I, <laughs> I, I just thought it was hilarious. Like, I've been, ever since, ever since he had his reaction to, uh, to the hat, 
for the reveal of Resident Evil 2 with the tyrant uh, time of ribbing him and I kept bringing up the idea of putting all the hats on the enemies I thought I would see what it would actually happen if I actually promoted this idea online and so far it's been alright I, um, I think it's been retweeted about 20 times and, and there's about 50 odd likes some some particular hardcore people including one person who's on this uh, chat right now uh, have, have backed it quite well yeah. with some, some gave pictures. me something to do on a Sunday afternoon exactly it's just a, it's, it's yeah. just a laugh and if they if they pay attention and do it I mean it's got precedence I, as I said before it was the DLC for Resident Evil 7 for um, the birthday had enemies with hats on them and which is kind of where I got the original comment from but obviously it's not to everyone's liking I'm sure uh, that Sean's definitely not a, ha- a happy chap Oh, I mean, my negativity is only tongue in cheek. It's all good for a laugh, and I must say, <laughs> yeah. I must say, J C Wesker put some real effort <laughs> no, into, really into, into his uh, into his images <laughs> with some um, absolutely classic Photoshop. If you think seeing a tyrant in a in a in a hat's bad, wait till you see a liquor in a top hat. Yeah, <laughs> or two hunters in a cowboy. So, so all you need to do is, as as George alluded to earlier, hashtag hats on all enemies re three. Thank you very much. That does finish off our site and gaming news. So we'll first we'll now turn to our sub discussion, and we hand the reins almost over to our special guest, Selfish Gene, where we're going to be talking about his recent travels to Japan, where he was able to experience Biohazard Valiant Raid and Bio hazard 7 walk through the fear so you have as i said in the introduction you've recently been to japan where they have a whole plethora of resident evil slash biohazard attractions whether it be it's mazes escape room type scenarios or stage shows musicals if you fancy singing whales and god knows what recently they've decided to delve into the uh, virtual reality world uh, having the success of Resident Evil 7 on PlayStation 4, and there's now two current attractions um, that you can experience, Biohazard Valiant Raid, and what looks to be, and I'm sure you can explain a bit more, a prequel to Resident Evil 7. Because that's slightly more tantalising, uh, are, are you happy to start with Biohazard Valiant Raid? Yeah, yeah so let's talk about Valiant So it's only at one location in Tokyo, but they're both at the same place. There, there's a bit of content online for Valiant Road that, that people can look at and see, which covers mostly my experience. So what should I talk about first? What do you want to know? Yeah, so uh, th- there's, I suppose there's two yeah. elements, because you shared some pictures on our Discord server of meeting uh, rather... Yes. Impressive tyrant that and and so forth, but the, the, the as you kind of go in, are you, are you given like a debrief on how the VR is going to work? Is it like some another recent um, the company called the Void do kind of virtual reality where you're able to walk at the same time? Is it on the or is it on okay, the rails yeah. type so, of thing? So we we had a reservation that we made online beforehand to arrive at a certain time. So we we arrived, we we paid for the tickets, and then we went through to this little area where there was a screen playing and it was outlining the mission for Valley. Right, and then there was just some um, some papers explaining the story in English and Japanese, as well as uh, the mechanics of the game yeah, and the rules as well. So, I mean, you've got your VR headset on and the guns. You can walk around to a certain extent, but Valiant Road is quite confined in, in in how much you can 
more. But we were given the option to have the audio feed to our headsets in English or Japanese. Oh. So I, I experienced the, the full thing in English, uh, which was was very cool. So what's um, the what's the storyline that, that you're kind of presenting? Right. So so here's something that I sort of hadn't seen. So there's four teams. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, and Delta. And you're kind of in this big, tall building. Two teams at the top and two at the bottom. And you never really see the top two teams. I don't quite know how they play into it. Maybe they come in the ending. Um, we, didn't, we didn't get there, which is a sort of spoiler for how we did on the mission. Uh, so you are Delta team. And then you go down to the lower levels. And at the beginning, and I'm not sure if there's footage of this online, you see two Alpha team members come through. Um, you know, your team are four. So when I played Valiant Raid, there was just uh, two players, uh, my wife and I. A four-way junction where each player kind of stands at one lane and then the, the enemies come up that lane and you sort of shoot them. So, so with the two of us, we were back-to-back back and there was nothing coming from the two lanes that didn't have someone defending them. So... So it seems to be balanced around the number of players. But yeah, so we're standing at this junction and then sort of part of the story, two Alpha team members who are looking for survivors down in, in the facility um, and then to investigate what goes on. But they're also dressed like you, like a, a USS, like, like Hunt, and then a USS member. And then they sort of come through, chit-chat with you, and then they go off to, to search for things. And I think they meet their fate later on. Yeah, so, so the zombies rise and come out of the doors and windows and things like that and you, you have a pistol and well, two pistols and two shotguns so you, you are dual wielding all your weapons uh which is kind of fun and you, yeah you know shooting them in the usually in the heads but the fantastic gore engine from resident evil 2 where you can blow arms and legs and, and chunks off the body uh is completely removed it's all the models are great they look really really good in my opinion in in first person it's very the, the sound design of, of resident evil 2 the retail game as well as all the assets they carry to Valiant Raid is absolutely fantastic. That as an experience, it's really good. Uh, you get bitten a few times. I don't know. It's probably down to our skill. And then you know, once your lane's clear, you can turn around and, and shoot over you know, your, your friend's shoulder uh, to help them out. You can't really walk anywhere, though. You, you, you sort of, I mean, you can walk to a limited extent, but, but not, not down any of the alleys. You can't explore any of the rooms. You're, you're very much planted in, in space. And there's enough enemies that keep coming at you that you don't want to or, or should have moved anyway. So enough zombies are killed and a few more things happen. Like I think the USS team seems to unlock a door and four liquors come out and, and your voice over the headset says, you know, be quiet, be quiet, don't move. And I presume nothing happens if you do. But um, it's, and these four liquors come out and crawl all over the ceiling and right past you and, and sort of you know hiss it's really freaky it, with the stereo headset on and they're right up close to you and, and the, the fidelity of the graphics and models that the capcom made um, scary is not the word you don't want to move you don't want to reach out and try and touch one so some of the videos it looks really poor graphics but you're saying on and the flip side no, so every time i've done a vr thing like this and i've, I've actually done a couple of others i can compare to, compared to this is amazes me how easy it is to fool your brain just put a video screen you know an inch in front of your eyes and and two headphones up loud and you can feel like you're somewhere else um and maybe i'm a bit of a wuss but it, it's very effective i think and then i think two of the liquors just sort of crawled away um, and so we sort of had two left and then more zombies come and you you know you shoot the liquors and they take heaps of ammo I think you know it's just to give you heaps of things to shoot at um, you don't have any 
um, ammunition. And at this point, you are given permission from sort of HQ to start using your submachine gun as well. So the, the pistols are now replaced with submachine gun. So you've got two submachine guns and two shotguns. Once that sort of clears, you hear the, the tyrant footsteps from Resident Evil 2. Nice. Um, it's like, it's so good. Just the sound design is yeah, probably not what the series is famous for, but it, like, even going back and playing the old games, Resident Evil 4, with, with a good set of headphones, it's just it takes it to another level there's a yeah a bit of panic uh, and then out he comes and then other zombies and then like they've activated a secret elevator so that the space you're standing on is actually a big umbrella symbol on the floor and then this gate comes from the ceiling i think or maybe the floor and then boxes you in and then zombies are reaching through this gate and then the tyrant makes it to the gate and starts to tear the bars apart just as your elevator drops down through the floor that 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 motion of the elevator i mean you're standing still in a room but but you do feel that you're descending. Then you go down into this sort of generator area, which which looks like um, partly where under the RPD where the the Birkin G1 fight happens in the remake. Uh, probably reasons a lot of those assets. It's just certainly not identical, but it's it's that kind of feeling if you get what I'm saying. And there's, there's all these walkways and heaps of zombies, and they're sort of waiting for you at, at the bottom of the elevator. The tyrant comes back, and then he, he's picking up flammable canisters and starts throwing them to you and, and you i think you have to shoot them out of the air to explode them so i saw the canisters and i tried shooting them to kill the zombies but that, that didn't work i think they're sort of which sort of counterintuitive to how every video game's worked since control so the, the tyrant sort of make this this big path with about three or four canisters that he's slowly coming up picks one up throws it at you these animations are a bit coded for this game that they're a bit janky um, but all the other stuff that's ported over from the remake's really good the last canister he picks up blows up on him and he becomes the super tyrant nice and then i think that based on the time we spent in the attraction and, and you know how long the booking is and uh, sort of the turnaround change over time for the actual attraction i presume he's i can only presume he's the last boss and then we had a couple of rounds firing for him and then he just came up and, and killed us both <laughs> so there's a great reel of footage online. You can see a Japanese team playing. This is also where they, they perished. Um, I don't know how much more the game has to it. I can't imagine it's like No, that. I'd agree. We, we just sort of figured we were so close to the end. We had the Walk Through the Fear booking straight after Valiant Raid. We sort of couldn't go again if we wanted to. We, we had a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. In terms of the storyline then, for Valiant Raid, does, you're not playing as Hunk, you're just playing as a random USS member. Yes, yeah, from... So there's four, four USS teams, I think two, like a team of four, but, but two of those teams you never see in the game or, or they're not mentioned beyond the initial briefing. So I don't know if they come in at the end anyway. Sure. I'm picking up almost like Umbrella Corps vibes here with kind of like, are, are, they, are, they, are they being tested in, the, in a kind of battle arena in that sense? Uh, or is it is it kind no, of set in... No, they're, they're looking for what happened in this, this secret laboratory. They're, they're investigating something that happened. They've had their training. From what you're saying, actually, it sounds a bit more in depth than perhaps I originally envisaged it. You know, yeah, the, yeah. it looks a bit more. Actually, there's a bit of a plot going on. Whether it's because if it was just a bit of fun for all, they could have put in like Birkin, you know, someone like that, and you know, an appearance of Birkin would usually mean okay, well, they're, they're just having a bit yeah, of a, so a bit of a laugh. But this seems to be like well, apart from the fact that the tyrant's got a hat, you can kind of say well, it's just a T103 in a lab. Yeah, so they've straight away from yeah. Birkin. Or any of the mainline T 
characters. I, I, I wouldn't say there's heaps of story or that it's canon. It's it's just to justify the shooting gallery, pretty much. That, that's very much what it feels like, a shooting gallery with a, with a bit of movement to, to give you new environments and a variety of enemies. That mm. That's the sort of function of it all. I wouldn't expect you know, anyone to go back and try and get a real deep lore experience out of sure. it. Sure. Which, which, you know, like 4D Executor or something, which they have done in the past, really tied this lore to... to an attraction this seems very sort of carnival sideshow which is probably the preferable way capcom handled those things and it was a lot of fun it doesn't sound like it it's particularly conflicting <laughs> with, with anything in, just, the, in the timeline it could just you know, another thing another secret facility under that under that city i think there's more more secret facilities than actual bedrock in on our discord uh member dd ask for fries has asked a question about valiant rides a uh, raid asking how was the gunplay uh, and the environment and was the gameplay responsive to change the weapons you sort of throw them over your shoulder you sort of shunt them up and then to reload them you shunt them down to your hips a couple of times i couldn't get the reload to work or, or to change weapons so yeah one that one that had ammunition when you when you shoot the pistol or, or shotgun it does, there's no counter for the ammunition you, you're sort of counting your shots which is it's good and bad. I think a little heads-up display probably would have been good when you're just fighting a big wave of zombies or, or the tyrant at the end. Just sort of one less thing to think about because it does get very hectic. Or, or just to know if your reloads actually happened. I, I did get a little bit frustrated at the end, right before we died, granted. But uh, I don't think it would have changed anything. But even having a button on the gun that you got to hold when you move it, I, I don't. It was a little bit ticky. But in terms of aiming and things like that, that was all perfect. Perfect. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, that was good. Cool. Thanks, Gene. Uh, obviously, well, if we move on then to the or second uh, experience. This one got us all a bit more excited, I think. Whereas I think you're you've kind of confirmed that Valiant Raids, bit of fun, really well executed. May not be you know just random underground biohazard outbreak, take it or leave it that type of thing. Biohazard Seven, walk through the fear. Even with its dodgy use of colour coordinating to make the word VR appear, we'll take that. Yeah. There is a hope that this could be part of the overall canon storyline and a potential prequel, which the trailer suggested, of Resident Evil 7. Before you go through a walkthrough, right. through, can you put us out of our misery? Does this link up with Resident Evil 7 well or not? Uh, I wouldn't say well. No! <laughs> oh, look, well, Jack Baker's in it, right? So that that's... He he's the anchor to, to right. the main game. He sustains some damage in Walk Through the Field. How you can not, but you can also regenerate. So maybe you can reconcile that with with Resident. Oh sure, let's go. This is canon. Why not? <laughs> where where where? Okay, where where is it set? How oh, well, before we go into the main story, then how well, how, how is it different to Valiant Raid in terms of setup? What what? Okay. what? So so by this time my friend had arrived. Uh, so there's three of us who played this. Uh, it's up to four players also. The point of difference is with Walk Through the Fear, which is very different to Valiant Red in that it, there's free walking. You can walk in this 
this space. Ah. Walk through the fear. It's free roaming VR, which for mine, insurmountably better than Valiant Raid. Like that, just that fact alone wakes it way more wakes makes it way more fun, way more interesting than than Valiant Raid and, and other VR experiences I've done like it. it. Takes a little bit longer to get through your suits and things. Again, we had English audio coming through our headsets, uh, which was good for my friend and I because you know we don't. He certainly speaks no Japanese. I've only got a little bit, and but my wife had hers in Japanese. So every player can have a different soundtrack beam to their system. And there's also the sheets you may have seen pictures of online explaining the missing persons who Dolby Police are currently looking for. There's four playable characters who are Alicia, Susan, Ridley and Tony. You start in this basement room. Um, it's kind of like the, the, the mortuary and the basement of Resident Evil 7. It's got those, yeah, where the bodies go, the slide out things. Um, is, are you in that room? So, a, a, a derivation of, you know, they, they've changed it, but yes. Yeah. Um, right. They're, they're on one of the walls, there, there is those. And there's Blaze is another person who's sort of just standing in the room. Anyway, so w- once the four players are loaded in, Jack comes through and he throws in a person sort of down the stairs or you know, through the wall corridor um, into the room. Uh, his name is Paul based on the, the sheets, gets thrown in the room and, and he's broke. he's got a broken arm and he, he's, you know, complaining and, and crying that, you know, the bastard Jack's broken his arm. And then Jack's there and then there's an NPC, Blaze, who Jack kills with a shovel through the face, much like the, the police officer. So he, he doesn't speak, he doesn't say anything. It's just sort of this shock moment that, that he's killed right off the bat. And then Jack taunts you for a bit and leaves the room. So then, then you've got your four survivors, Alicia, Susan, Ridley and Tony, and then Paul, who's the NPC, who sort of explains what you need to do at every point. So he, he sort of says, you know, let's, we'll find a way out of here, we'll find a way out of here. And then you, you, you're, you're free roaming in this um, space. Right? You, you have one, well, at this point you have no guns. Um, and I, I don't know, probably time a trick, is it? A moulded comes, you know, through this, it just sort of spawns from this pile of goop on the floor. And the animations don't look as good as... As Valiant Raid, uh, what was I going to say? So the dark basement environments of Resident Evil 7 just fill me with this dread and discomfort and I hate to be in it. So even even that the animations are really not that slick and, and you know, they're probably downsampled to you. So this runs as a smooth experience because it's not smooth, the whole illusion breaks and the VR game doesn't work. People criticise what, what little I've seen of the moulded coming through. The other thing is, because you're in this space and you can bump into this walls around you in the real world as well as in, in the fake world and sometimes they're not one so sometimes you can walk through a fake wall uh, okay. but you're not hitting a wall in the real world but other times you walk into the fake wall and you hit a wall in the real world so so you can't run in the in the game and I, if the molded and Jack were a lot quicker if their animations, if they were running up to you, you just to be scared, you, you would jog and run away. Whereas having it all very deliberately slowed down actually facilitates the gameplay. You, you kind of just walk around them. This molded comes out and Paul discovers some pistols in one of the body storage. And so each player gets a pistol and, and you dispatch the first molded. Uh, the pistol, I think, holds hold six bullets. I think you only have three at that point. You have to find bullets in the environment. And not only that, um, each player has to find bullets and they're colour-coded 
to your character. So I was the red character. I could only pick up red bullets, green, pink, and blue. So we had three players in our game. We could see bullets on the player who wasn't loaded into the game that we could have picked up. Well, we couldn't pick up, sorry. But yeah, that, that's how the combat works in this. It's very different to Valiant Raid, which is just a, a shooting gallery. This is really slow, deliberate, do not waste your bullets. You, you follow Paul through the door out into these tight corridors. You get to a bigger area, which I think you see in the trailer with the, the, you know, the bodies in bags suspended from the ceiling. And that's, it's all really creepy. Like the Resident Evil 7, the, the aesthetic and the atmosphere, they nailed it. It's so, I, I find it really, it fills me with dread. Even when I play Resident Evil 7, you know, I stand at the top of the stairs, look at the basement door, I'm like, I do not want to go down. A few, a few more molded attack. There's one room here where you're given time to explore and actually find ammo. And that, that was fun. That was cool. Like, you can't, like, lift up lids on things or flip them over. It's all very static, but you, you can just look and lean over things and, like, look in a basket or under a shelf. That that was very cool. And other VRs I've done, you have a microphone that, when you speak into, sends your voice through the earphones of the other players. Walk through the fear, you can, I, you know, I found a box of blue bullets and I can't pick them up, so I'd shout to my friend, hey, blue bullets here. But because he's got his earphones on and I don't have a microphone, it's hard for him to hear me. Oh, uh, sure. So we we probably we, yeah we probably missed a few things. Uh, that that was like in terms of setup, that it's very very close to, to being great. And like like Valiant Raid is not an issue, right? Because there's no bullet pickups. But for something like this, I think you really need that communicate. This game needed communication a lot more than, than Valiant Raid did. Yeah, you're given time to find ammo. You can't you can't you don't have a reserve of ammo. So once your bullets your gun's got six bullets, uh, that's that. Uh, you can't carry any more on you. Then um, then Jack attacks with the chainsaw and, and you shoot him. And then it's kind of explained by Paul, the character who tells you what to do. He says, you know, like, your bullets aren't hurting him, you know, shoot his chainsaw, like break the chainsaw. Yeah, ha having an English script here um, was very helpful. In Japanese, we would have had no idea. But once we all sort of focused on that, the chainsaw explodes and the, you know, the room's lit up on fire and things like that. There was like a, a switchboard on the wall that, yeah, uh, Paul's flipped a switch, which powers up an elevator, which we'd walked past earlier in one of the, the tight corridors. Yeah, you make your way back to the elevator, and then um, again with sensor motion, you, you go up to the garage, and you presume that that's the way out. That you you sort of been told that's the way out. We're going going out through the garage. A little bit different than the Resident Evil 7 garage, but, but not quite. So it's this big sort of elevator, you know, fits four of you in it comfortably. We we go up, and then you're in this garage, and then then. Paul's like, oh shit, he, he's barricaded it up the roller door. So one wall is mostly taken up by this big roller door. And, and on the side, there's just planks of wood that, um, he, that you know, Paul's telling you to shoot out. And then um, a couple of molded come also. We're, we're shooting the molded. And then with what bullets we have and are looking for, we're shooting the planks of wood off the door. And then, then Jack comes up through the elevator on fire, still with, uh, I think, a new chainsaw. Yeah, no, he did have a chainsaw. I think that's his only. Uh, What's a Resident Evil game without a chainsaw? So we, we had one molded after we killed one or two. Jack running around, and there was one plank of wood left on. That I, I couldn't see, and we couldn't really communicate, like, hey, let's just focus the, the planks of wood, and away we go. So, and we, we ran out of bullet. Um, and, and I thought, you know, there must be more hidden around here. And, you know, the molded's sort of chasing one person, and Jack, Jack's chasing another. And so we're walking around trying not to get slashed, and then trying to find bullets to shoot this one little piece of wood in the top right corner this garage door there was no more bullets no more spawns and we we ran out of time there was also in this in this garage like a, a motorcycle engine like suspended in chains from the roof uh like we, we shot at that a couple of times i don't know that would break off and drop we, we thought that might be the key to the battle or something 
there's a few few things, but we actually um we timed out in this battle, and, and that that was the end of it. That was uh, the end. Would you would you say uh, it's supposed to be the kind of Resident Evil Seven home? It's just almost like a reimagining of it. Is it got that kind of same? You say uh, it's got the same feel. Is it? Do you think it's like they've just taken yeah, yeah. liberties with it and so oh, we'll make it, we'll make the garage a bit it's, bigger? It's a kind of... it's a reinterpretation. It, it, it's using familiar enough things to it gets the vibe across. It, it totally gets it across. Like, and to me, that's more important than than one to one recreations. Mm. And 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 they serve the gameplay because you need these more open spaces. That that said, there are some very tight corridors where it sort of forces you to walk past these big black squelchy molded columns and walls that have been classed. And you feel this claustrophobia, even though you know if you lift your visor in the real world, you're in a very big open space. That the, the the VR makes it feel like it's forcing you down this tiny corridor with you know splintery wood on either side and black and molded goop. And yeah, it, it's very very unwelcome and it said completion percent or like discovery percent or something like that 42 percent was our again i think there's secrets of things that you're rewarded for discovering in the, in the, the time that it gives you to, to pick find ammo pickups but yeah there probably wasn't too much more to it um but that uh, i'm in two minds it didn't quite communicate that yeah this isn't like valiant road and you really have to save your bullets. Like we, we got that very quickly, but, but to know if you'd ever find more bullets, I thought, like, if that was the final boss of Final Stage, like, would it kill them to give us another box of bullets to shoot that last bit of wood to escape rather mm. than, you know, die? It, Sean, it, does that sound like something it, you would like on on, the, on your VR headset? If, if Resident Evil 7 in VR um, didn't exist, then maybe... Did the vid- do the visuals actually look any better than the trailer, Gene? Because the, uh, the visuals in the trailer look pretty terrible, they look they look it, worse it's, than uh, it, it's all downsampled too it's it's about the smoothness right like the, the tempo because they can't have it high speed high adrenaline it, it yes it looks like the trailer but that's not to say it's not fun and effectual or mm. it's bad it's it's, it's it's just a different beast i suppose if the immersion works then that's great does, does actually i mean i've never done a vr the only vr experiences i've ever done are sit down ones i've been intrigued to actually Try one of the ones where you actually move around a physical space. Although I'd yeah. be terrified, I'm going to like walk headfirst into a wall. So there's all contingencies, so you can't, of course, and to each other. So it gives you a heads-up display when you're approaching a real wall or another player. Yeah. And other VRs I've done, it's a it's a step like as good as Valiant Ray can be. The fact that you're free walking, and even if it means worse animations and down sample model, it's just something else that you can't get without any other way of have, giving you that freedom to, to yeah. look and search. I can imagine that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I haven't played Biohazard 7 with the PSVR, um, so I can't actually do that comparison in terms of the graphics. But it, yeah, yes, it looks like it does in the trailer, but that's not the It's apples to oranges sort of thing. You're looking at a 2D press yeah. snippet versus a, an actual fluid experience. Yeah, as long as the magic works and it, and it, and it, it yeah, tricks yeah. your mind, then that's fine. But a, a worthy, a worthy addition to the perhaps Resident Evil 7 overall experience you feel i love the environment of resident evil 7 i think it's fantastic and just to walk in that you know that that was kind of enough for me um i I preferred walk through the fear my wife also she preferred walk through the fear um although she did enjoy just the the sort of guns out shooting at valiant right she she said if they were just a bit more generous with the bullets 
and walk through the fear that and I probably I, I agree that probably would have been preferred. Thank you so much, Jude. I think that's been a really, really useful insight. No, I really appreciate that. I hope that's given our listeners an insight into something they'll probably never experience, but they may obviously w- look, watch some of the trailers and perhaps walkthroughs that eventually get uploaded to YouTube in a slightly different light, knowing how uh, one can experience it firsthand. So uh, that finishes our lovely interview there with Gene. So thank you. We now move on to our main discussion for uh, this particular podcast. We'll be looking at Resident Evil 3 Remake. I've never seen anything like it. I haven't been able to sleep this week. You gotta stay strong. Don't give in to fear out there, right? How did this happen? Calm down, buddy. Calm down. Send reinforcements. No! Wait! Hurry up! Get people be infected this city is completely cut off isolated don't look at me like that all right i'm not infected but right now it's got a hard on for the only two stars left in town they don't need a bleeding heart like you getting in the way star's office has to be in this direction it gets worse every night they don't want the world to know what they've done What's wrong with Umbrella? Get in! I can't stop them all! You gotta get out of there! You guys are the ones who caused all of this! No, 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 wait! Oh, come on. We've gotta be dreaming. Commitment, honesty, integrity, these are the core values that create the foundation for Umbrella Corps. Resident Evil 3 Remake, ladies and gentlemen, it is here after much rumours and speculation. Capcom have finally dished the dirt, be honest, but probably forced to after the PSN leak showcased artwork and you can watch some uh, many uh, videos from Stars Tyrant about that. But yes, Resident Evil 3 is here, it's coming in April, we've had a trailer, we're all excited. Let's let's go around. Are we? Are we? (laughs) 
question. Or are, are we? we? <laughs> okay, uh, it's coming. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll stick. We'll stick to that for the time being. But let's go around the table and um, let's do some preliminary thoughts, and then we'll obviously dig a bit deeper as well. Uh, because not only did we get the trailer for Resident Evil Three, it actually it was a bit of a tease by Capcom because the way it was announced on State of Play was it was initially announced as the single player campaign for Project Resistance, and then that became Resident Evil Three. Very clever, really. Everyone thought there were two separate entities, but uh, alas, they are not. So, uh, Rob, what's your kind of early views after looking the, looking at the trailer? Uh, I mean, this is the thing. I'll, I'll go to the. I'll go through it progressively. Like the the leak reveal, unfortunately, was probably not great on Capcom's in Capcom's eyes. I've, obviously, I think it was pretty clear that it was tied into the state of play. It was always intended to be part of state of play, and it's just unfortunate it went live on the. It was the Japanese store or something, wasn't it? Yeah, for early. So, yeah, as you said, the reveal on state of play had it been like oh we're going to show off a bit of project resistance but first we're going to talk about the single player portion of the game and then reveal Resident 3 would have been an absolutely amazing way to show it off that nobody would have expected I think we've talked about when we're talking about project resistance in the podcast before the idea that possibly it would be something if they remade 3 it would be included so it was kind of nice to see that we were on the right guessing with that as a possible option for the game if being released uh, instead of being released just standalone the actual reveal and the the leaks i mean sean's kind of gone over a lot of it in those videos and very well the difference of opinion on why that say the characters look or nemesis looks is all going to be very divisive i think but it's just like anything with the resident evil 2 remake i mean and sean can attest to that with the hat on the tyrant you know it's it's just one of those things i think it looks like a, a really good update as we it's just kind of lucky we went through resident evil 3 just on the last podcast that we've got it all kind of relatively fresh in our minds um and so you definitely see what connects and what's kind of an update of the original game so far in that trailer i'm i personally i'm looking forward to it much like everyone else kind of able to separate it as kind of its own thing and like resident evil 2's remake kind of away from the original game they're, they're their own things it doesn't mean that i can't play the original if i want to same place here i can't i can always go off and play the original resident evil 3 it's not going to completely replace it so i'm just looking forward to what changes they make and what additions there are and what's the same really um, it should be fun should be fun, should be fun. That's an, an encouraging view. Now, Sean, you were uh, one of our uh, certainly concerned slash apprehensive about Resident Evil 2 Remake. And you can, if you listen back to all our Remake 2 podcasts, we all have a kind of, uh, you especially, I think, you uh, commented in our Canon podcast on uh, episode 51, just how you at one with Resident Evil 2 Remake um, due to the the, uh, the the direction Capcom took with with, with the storyline. Are you in a similar mo uh, feeling with this game? The, w- the way I am with the Resident Evil 3 Remake is that I just simply don't care about it. And I actually mean that as a positive. Right. <laughs> because, no, I do. Let me... If I may, if I may, because Resident Evil Two put on the the, the remake put on the, the table very very early. The moment you started playing it, really, you got a feeling that this wasn't like a one for one remake. It was a reimagining, and that really was the best thing they could have ever done. It wasn't ever meant to replace the timeless classic that we know as Resident Evil Two. And once I'd sort of got an understanding of that, as you alluded to in the Canon podcast, I'd sort of, I'd rather have a a world where we got Resident Evil 8 instead or Revelations 3, but Mm. its its existence doesn't offend me like it did when it was first announced. Like if, you know, you go back 2015 podcasts, I can only apologize for my behavior on some of them because I was was really, really struggling with, with, you know, with the concept of remaking one of my favorite games of all time. 
as we sort of fast forward four years later, I'm just at peace with what they're doing now because I just think it's absolutely genius that if they're going to approach this subject of remaking games, and I completely understand why they have to happen, the best way to do it is to not do it as a remake, if you like. The circumstances of the of the GameCube remake of Resident Evil 1 was a very different, different place to where we are now. These are very much reimaginings, so I'm almost in a weird position where I can like look forward to this in a way that I couldn't with Resident Evil 2 because I sort of know their stance on how they approach it now. So instead of like being filled with dread at like the damage it's going to have on canon, I now sit here knowing there isn't going to be a damage on canon because at the moment <laughs> because because well, you know, I don't think I think I think like I think almost it's almost like that diagram I drew has almost come true is like there's going to be a divergence in the timeline of course and on one side you're going to have you know the classic 2 3 outbreak, outbreak and then on the other side you're going to have 2 3 and Resident Evil Resistance and that to me is fine the only danger we have and this will be a subject for a discussion whether we have it at the end of, of this or not is what I spoke about on Twitter if people have, have seen it is where where will this end because if it ends now or if it ends with Code Veronica then the remake sort of chapter of Resident Evil is self-contained and completed and we move on with the new numbered entries and things like that if they really are going to do what I dread they're going to do and go on to remake 4-5 and all you know because the discussion's just that they're, they're doing me in guys they're doing me in <laughs> But you like the from what you've seen of the trailer, you're uh... yeah. I'm looking forward to actually seeing what they'll change because okay. of, of the new sort of revised approach I have to appreciate them. George, I mean. similar views or not? Um, yes, similar views. I mean, I was very much with Sean when he I don't care, but then he lost me at in a good way because um, I, I just. <laughs> I, I, this Sorry. leaves me so cold. I, I was annoyingly enthusiastic about the remake too. And when Sean and I think the Batman, if I think of it, is it fair, fair to say, very much questioned its point whatsoever, that it was just completely pointless to, you know, to make these remakes, very much focusing on what the originals did. And are these remakes going to be able to do anything more or do anything better? And I'm sorry, but from what Remake 2 did, what, what it provided, it's just left me so cold for, for this RE3 remake. You know, I'm not so caught up now. See, six years ago or so, I would have been so obsessive over the canon issue and not changing anything and not treading on the toes, the, the, the sacred toes of, of the originals. But now I'm just looking for them to evoke the same emotions and to get me as engaged in the RPD in the streets of Raccoon City as the original RE3 did. And I just can't see how... It doing that just one example you know going back to brad in the original he was fucking terrified you know when you meet him of of, of nemesis and then i'm looking at this trailer and i've got some this submissive asshole saying oh you know he's got a hard-on for the for the two men. i mean <laughs> jesus and i can now see what you know kawata's doing he's just like trying to make resident evil meets die hard i'd love to know you know selfish gene was so spot on when for me when he was talking about what he likes about re7 and that's what i adore and i love to know how hands-on Kuwata was with RE7 because what he's been doing with the RE2 remake and now what I think is going to happen with RE3 let, let me just um, interject quickly I don't want this game to exist I don't want Resident Evil 2 to exist especially, you know the remake of that to exist especially in the, the wake of the HD seamless projects which have fulfilled every desire I have ever had I would sooner us be sat here recording a Revelation 3 or a Resident Evil 8, but yes. unfortunately the fan base of today just seem to crave these remakes and 
I, I think I think the most part, my positivity is just trying to make the best out of the lot we were given. What you know I'm so what disappointed I mean? in is, is is that you know I really thought they were on the right track with RE7. There were certain things they had to improve about that. I, I totally I, agree. Yeah, I, I would love to have seen that that continue into an RE8 or a Revelations three, uh, as we've seen the way the Revelations have progressed from one and then what I thought was fantastic two. And uh, no, it's just almost looking backwards and regressing. And like I say, I don't think that ha- they're going to offer me the same engagement because we've seen with Resident Evil 2, the textures that you can't even go up to uh, and investigate. In just the hospital, as an example, the original hospital in RE3 going up and how many times do we read that little sign on the wall? We'll have, we'll have a party at Barjack on the 10th of October. Um, on the 3rd of October and uh, and that engages me emotionally as I further progress you know about you know surrounding hospital and then I just see in this remake you know there's not going to be any environmental features you know descriptions and it looks very oh the hospital just just you know compared to just the aesthetic and the terror and, and the unnervingness of the original I'm just I don't see how we're going to f- feel that and I don't think we're going to get any of the kind of the, the a lot of the choices that we've got with the live sections well we'll, we'll get uh, to that yeah, it's a very de- me downer here, George. I'm not. I'm. Not, you know. The, the, let's be honest, though. Re- Re- Resident Evil Remake Two is a blooming good game, and it's a blooming good survival ho- good. survival it's horror game, though. That's that's. I think your point is very true it's like you want to invoke the feelings of survival horror and um, although I share some of your views about the you know perhaps it is the, the kind of cliff note version of Resident Evil 2 it's a blooming good survival horror experience and a genuine over over the shoulder survival horror experience it's got its views and it's some bugs here and there but it's it's a good game and I my my hope, I... my hope watching the trailer was that we're going to get it because Resident Evil Three I, is I, like I, you know big. I I, I just I just want to ask. This is the this is the this is the easiest way to, to, to determine between we what Nick's saying and you're saying, George. If it was a Resident Evil say Eight or Revelations Three, but it played like Resident Evil Two Remake and it had the same le- sort of level of you were talking about like reading notes and checking stuff, it's not going to have that because it's playing the same way as Resident Evil Two. How would you feel about it? Well, I think yeah, it's a good question. It's still not really doing what I wanted and what engaged me in the games in the first place. It, it it just feels like it's very one-dimensional and very much you know style over actual substance. And for example, I just feel that you know when you can't engage with the surrounding areas, it just feels that like, yeah, they're very pretty and I think stunning from what I've seen. The neon lights and the destruction around around and the and the fire, it all looks very beautiful. But when you can't actually interact with those surrounding environments, uh, and I got this a lot with RE2 remake, I almost feel like they may may as well just be vector graphics and you know it's it's just pretty surroundings but if i'm actually engaging with them and again it's it still feels like quite a linear exploration because you don't really get those those puzzles you got the depth of puzzles that we've got in the originals where you'll find a crank uh, towards the beginning of the game but it's not actually used almost towards the end you know you've got there's no um you know there's there's no sort of sequence to the to the puzzles in to to the item in in terms of how you find them and you're really struggling in where you're going and i i I just feel with these originals they're almost like dumbed down versions prettier dumbed down versions i don't i don't know if i agree with that with the puzzles because there's definitely things in resident evil 2 where they're either optional the order you take them like the puzzle boxes the lockers returning for the extra parts like there's definitely parts of that in resident evil 2 remake more so than there has been in say even resident evil 7 i don't know i don't know if i fully agree with that but but otherwise i can see where you're coming from from the from the interactivity kind of aspect well i think we're we're slightly jumping jumping the gun because we haven't played the game we're purely basing it on 
the kind of trailer. So this is kind of our first impressions, if you like, of how the game looks. So the, the first major fan talking point, I'm afraid we're going to have to address it, is the look of the new characters. Now, Star's Tyrant, you did a quite a sterling job uh, in your video. And I'll keep promoting that because it's very good. We'll start with the human characters before coming on to uh, the nose. So... <laughs> <laughs> You mean the nemesis? The, the, the the nemesis. That's what I meant. That's his name. That's his name. Um, so Jill um, is is back. Obviously, it's Resident Evil Three. It's the first time we've actually seen Jill for quite a while, although not in a new adventure, if you know what I mean. Um, we know with the new uh, mod mo capping that they use, a lot of these characters do look a bit different. They've got to invoke the original image and uh, stylization, I think, of Jill. And I personally think they've done quite a good job with Jill. I think she looks mod, but obviously still appropriate, so kind of like 1998, but um, very believable. And I think it still, as I said, it still invokes that, that uh, aesthetic of Jill. Uh, Stars, what, what was your comments um, on, on how Jill looked in particular? With regards to Jill's um, new appearance, I think it's what we expected with Claire's redesign. The only thing... I I'm not one of those people who finds Jill's design in Resident Evil 3 iconic. I don't think it's it's as good as like her Resident Evil 1 look, so I, I fully expected them to change it. It's obviously a very memorable costume, but it, it, it does always have that stigma of, is it really realistic given the environment, given that she's a trained um, you know police officer and all, so that's fine. The only thing I would say is I find, I'm finding the, these redesigns wholly uninspiring. They're basically just... Yeah. Um. Someone someone put up a really interesting image on Twitter, and it was um, Capcom's new female designs are really, really varied and unique. And it was literally it was Zoe, Mia, Claire without her jacket on, and Jill from Resident Evil Three, and they're all just variations of a tank top and trousers. Right. Oh yeah. Which, which is very Lara Croft in the rebooted Tomb Raider yeah. as well, as people have pointed out. Yeah. Um. So in that sense, yeah, it's a little bit uninspiring. Um. But I do think she looks great. Um. She's recognisably Jill. George. What, what what's your what's your comments on can, on Jill, um, Jill's look? I take the point that she's wearing an outfit that's you know a lot more appropriate, but at the same time, it's not really as iconic. And and if, particularly if I was a female gamer, I'd get a bit sick of seeing you know all these sort of action orientated women in video games that just all wear the same kind of tank top type vest. You know, it's not as iconic as the original, but I get where they're going with it. It's it's more practical. Do you think she looks the, like Jill though? Did, oh did... yeah, the, oh, yeah. I mean, when I saw the character model for Jill in Revelations, you know, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, we don't so, talk no, about they've, that. they've done. Yeah, they've done. They've done. Up there, definitely. Especially uh, considering that it's, it's, yeah, it's an it's an action. As Nick was alluding to, it's the photogrammetry. They're actually using real people again. So to get someone who has a right look and that they can just otherwise model and clothe appropriately is quite good. I think mm. I'm on that same page. And you said, as George, you mentioned the the kind of figurine, her whole her whole kind of outfit, and she seems to change in some of the images. She um, has um, a like bandage in in another. Uh, it, image uh, picture that's been released as well so there looks to be some um, changes and one of the best things about Re Remake 2 was that your kind of character got scruffed up as they went through the through the, uh, th through the game but I'm, uh, I'm overall quite pleased I think it looks um, I think it looks very promising from that point of view I don't know if we, we might come on to it later but one of the images of, of Jill when she's on the train and she looks you know quite roughed up and, and dirty yeah. and I don't know if it was a design flaw but it, I noticed almost it looked like again I don't know if it, this, this scene was post-infection but her skin, she definitely looked—it almost looked like kind of um, aging considerably around. If you check it around her shoulder, oh, okay. And I was—I wasn't sure if that was kind of because you've yeah. got that scene, the infection starting to take place. And that would be, be interesting. How that? Yeah, how they can actually handle that the infection in this room. 
because that's quite a key point in the trailer is you have the flash shot of uh, seemingly some kind of nightmare with her as a zombie or something like that. Yeah, and there's almost that flashbacks to the 3.5 hallucination gameplay with Leon mm. and, and, and how much they're going to play on her infection and whether she's hallucinating from that. Um, interesting okay so i think we can i think we're we're satisfied with with the way jill looks um carlos <laughs> looks like he's just stepped out of a um you mean well, sunny sunny <laughs> he does look like sunny bless him <laughs> i don't actually think this but uh, just saw all the stuff on the on, <laughs> on our discord, discord i yeah. thought it was hilarious just yeah. just like you know sean and uh <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw Carlos, I don't want to say he looks I don't say stereotypical, but I didn't think it was as faithful as it could have been. I think the hair's just a bit too much. But also do you not think that that's sort of almost missing a trick? You know, they've 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 got this hair which clearly he would never away with the army in the army. Uh, 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 but the the point there being that these are mercenaries and so yeah, but they, they, they mercenaries really... can do yeah, but mercenaries yeah. can just they, they, it makes sense like want. to me, like you know, mercenaries kind of thing. They can have whatever they want, but that's the thing. I would like to have seen him more, kind of like just, just more mercenary looking. Just, just you know, they really could have gone to town with seeing characters and and and, and their faces, and, and and we just we just get this sort of oddball perm type. <laughs> Isn't you know? weird. It, I just think it's it's just a lot of hair. That that was all. But I mean, facially, I wasn't quite sure. It. I suppose it's the combination, isn't it, of the face and the hair, and whether it gives off the impression of cars. We've heard him speak in the trailer, but I don't think we we haven't really seen much of him in the trailer itself. You, I think you hear him say "Jill this way," which I assume I assume is Carlos because he says something similar in the original game. So um, that was that would be my impression. But Rob, what are you satisfied with Carlos or I I reserve you know, judgment. Just, well, not even there. I I just simply don't care. Like, no, if it, I just get the point. I just get the point that we're well aware of the fact that not every character is going to look exactly the same. If the characterization invokes a certain style that seems true to Carlos's form, I don't care what he looks like. Yeah, it's not that important. I noticed that obviously they've got the alternate um, costume things and the hair. They've said, oh, you know, they're going to put a different hairstyle on them. It still doesn't even really match the one in the original. But again, I still don't really care. Like it's it's just it is what it is. I, I'm I will more care about how the character fits in the. And we did, yeah. and, we know, did have that same discussion uh, in remake too. Though when we talk about classic costumes, and I kind of moaned that it was well, not really Claire's classic costume wasn't quite the same classic costume. Quite the same. Well, yeah. that's it. But it, I, I, again, they're just cosmetic things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't expect it. Much like the game, I'm not expecting everything to be one to one. Why should I expect the characters to be the same? It doesn't bother me yeah. that much. I did notice one of the fan, one of the fans edited his hair slightly differently. It was still kind of messy, but it was a little bit more of the face being shown. I thought it looked better, but that. It's just personal mm-hmm. like opinion on on the way that that looked, but it didn't change the face. It was the face was the same. It was just the hairstyle, and they changed it so that it was just a little bit tidier, and it looked slightly better to me. But you know, again, it's it could be for we know it's either the actual actor's actual hair, or that's decided. What Capcom's decided to model the hair like based off what the person looked like looked the best. Who knows? The issue I've got with Carlos, and I said this in the video, you you take away everything else in that image and just show the new render of Carlos and you would genuinely get people asking who is that? Whereas you look at the Jill render and you know that's Jill straight away. So they've captured the essence of what makes character and that's the important thing. Can we all universally praise, however, Mikhail looks bloody awesome. Yes. Are we happy? Yeah. 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 I think he looks I think he looks great and I think Nikolai looks suitably good as well personally. Um, Yes. So 
and I think we're going to enjoy definitely an extended role because that's one of the things actually you know not being a Debbie Downer that I am kind of slightly more enthusiastic about is is the additional roles because we you know we've seen perhaps you know from his headwear you know Murphy Seeker and um, Tyrell, Tyrell, yeah. Tyrell as well in the in the trailer and I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to extend those roles. I was going to say and again those characters look surprisingly recognisable in the small amount of time that you see them they are yep. you can understand who they are immediately so and then, how do you guys think they're going to make up for the fact that obviously the original was much shorter as, as compared to, 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 to the two and, and the fact that you know you had the Leon and the Claire different A and B scenarios and I don't know whether they're going to give Carlos a more extended role to compensate for that they could either they could either that it would just make the game longer like extend out bits of the sections of the game that are longer there's obviously yeah. a lot of map like looking at the map that's going with the collector's edition there's a lot of space that it seems like the game covers because of the way the markers are marked on it it seems like there's obviously the subway part but it seems like there's definitely much more yeah Mikhail's notably older than um i think Resident Evil 3, but I honestly couldn't tell you his age right now. Does any, anyone up on his age? Uh, I can't remember. He was always supposed to be older than everyone. I remember this from the original. In the in-game graphics, he always didn't look as old, but if you looked at the CG render, he was notably, like, grey around the edges, and so, yeah, so that's maybe detailed as now. Um, that's maybe more in line with um, the age he's supposed to be, then, and obviously the more detailed visuals and everything will always help with that. And Nikolai, we've seen so very little of, but I am disappointed they didn't um, model him on Everett McGill from Under Siege 2. Yeah. If, if, if the original date is supposed to go on, I think he was... He was definitely not supposed to be as old as he looks in the remake. He was supposed to be like in his forties or early fifties, if I remember correctly. So let's t- let's talk ne- let's talk the nemesis. Then obviously he's the titular, you know, character in this game. Still the only BOW to be featured in the name of any game. He had nemesis, bless him, is still petrifying. It's something we we did in our Resident Evil Three Happy Birthday podcast. Even after all this time, he exudes presence and is genuinely terrifying even on a 32-bit system since then he hasn't been given the best treatment and umbrella chronicles <laughs> and operation raccoon city and some film by paul survivor anderson. Survi- survivor 2 and, survivor uh, 2 yeah and paul anderson films yes yeah, yeah he, he he he's had a bit of bad times some so. mobile some mobile game nick oh yeah 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 <laughs> how could you forget well you could take two well, you could take two down in one go yeah, yeah absolutely so he hasn't had the best care and attention should we say from capcom over the years so there, there was a bit of pressure i think to to, to reinstate him as the glorious bow that he is and that i think was made even more difficult by the uh the difficulty level of mr x so uh, because he is you know so commanding and somehow they're gonna have to try and top that whereas if you compare the og resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 the Res- resident evil 2 mr x was imposing but you could take him down you know didn't take too lot too much whereas resident Nick, evil 3 Nick, would it be easy to say you smell something strange come on I do, I do smell something very strange. <laughs> so the big talking point, the, I mean, you've got to love the community really to, most of the time, is the nose, it's the nose uh, that he still has as a as a humanoid B.O.W. But overall, what's everyone's opinion on how this new nemesis looks? Um, I think he looks great, really. I'm not that fussed about the nose. I, 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 I can see why it's there. It doesn't, it, it, I don't quite see the big deal about it, but I have more, I have more issues with the caution tape, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you what you feel. Stars Tyrant, as with Tyrant in your name, you have a vested interest. And stars. stars. I will say the new uh, the new Nemesis has got a hell of a waistline on him, hasn't he? 
if if that is the nemesis, I'm not. I'm I'm really not convinced it is. I believe it is. Um, and it, that image, people have blown it up as well, and it implies for some part of the game, will he will at least wear a mask as well? Uh, I don't know. You don't um, <laughs> so, I, like. I if it was a new BOW, I think it would actually be. I like aspects of it. I like the stretch skin over his face is actually like wonderfully grotesque. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it's like breaking and stretching and stuff looks looks really quite horrid. I don't like his perfect teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which you know, you look at renders of the original Nemesis, and he and he had like a perfect row of teeth in that, but they were more sort of um, they they weren't as long. It's hard to describe, but the the, the nose, I'm yeah. less bothered about. It's it's the caution tape and the sort of machines they're adding to him. I don't want to see it more of a Terminator with a heads up display and like attaching like you know the little mechanisms. Although it might just be a protective casing for his heart. I don't know. Um, I just I, honestly, I don't think we've seen enough of him. We need to see how he's going to move and everything like that first. Well, Capcom have, before I come to uh, Robin George, uh, Capcom have confirmed that different weaponry is available for the Nemesis throughout the game. So expect more than just the rocket launcher. So one uh, of the one of the images shows like a flamethrower. Yes. Type yes. Interesting about the, the teeth. They're, they're almost like you know piano keys, aren't they? They're very. <laughs> <laughs> Really well, that's 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 the thing I was going to say. Like the original, where John, oh, sorry, where John, where Sean was going with with this was the the original render was like the teeth were like actual sized teeth, and like the the gum line had kind of receded away, and they so it was like what actual teeth links can be just with no gums, whereas this they're they're so absurdly huge. But like they're kind of in a stylistic way because I see that that render, which I think this is the one with the flamethrower, almost is like a manga style, you know, like it's very uh, caricatured over the top teeth. Yeah, there's obviously point. a design a design aesthetic to it. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, uh, Nick, on the caution thing. I think I think having them slapped over them everywhere is a little bit excessive. And while I know uh, Gene did mention this on, on on various places but it did go time with the promo where they had the caution tape everywhere I think it's just, it is for a character a little bit excessive, but it, yeah the nose the, doesn't bother me, the nose is just the nose it's just... And It must be just the image as well but the image, the um, the one of the him surrounded by flames, it doesn't it looks less like he actually has a coat on and more like they've just wrapped a bin line around him <laughs> and, and just <laughs> very stylistic caution tape I, I think I think the reason why everyone's so re- having such a reaction to this, and I know George still to talk, so I'll let him say what he's going to say as well, but just beforehand, uh, the fact that the Nemesis design was quite iconic already, I think it had quite a very strong aesthetic design to it. So it, they could have put it in exactly the same, and you nobody would have questioned it because it was such a strong design. And unlike the characters where, obviously, we've talked about having that photogrammetry so they have to have an actor base and stuff, Nemesis isn't that. It's a wholly CG, you know, it's a wholly created character. It's a graph, computer graphics. So it can look like anything they want it to. So I, it's just, to me, it's odd. They'd already done so well with it. It didn't need any additions. And so they've changed it. And I'm like, it, the bigger question is like, did they really need to change it? I probably would have accepted the original design look 100% the same. And I wouldn't have questioned it. But then the flip side is I, I can't be surprised that they'll ch- change things about it and make it different and make it unique because at the end of the day, as Sean said, this is reimagining. It's a it's a new take. Why would you not have the opportunity to do something different with it? George, what about you? Confusion, because I just, I'm all over the place with this guy. The nose almost literally looks sort of kind of stuck on randomly. Like 
that that game used to play pin the tail on the donkey um and kind of reminds me of birkin's eye that's just slap bang in the middle of you know his shoulder when i first saw it that, that those huge you can't get away from those teeth in that mouth actually i loved i'm showing my age now but it really reminded me of the um i don't know if it's the front cover but one of the iconic scene from invasion of the body snatchers donald sutherland and and the, and the alarm that when you've been body snatched and you're kind of an alien and you're pointing out that there's a human and they're like they'll point the alien will point at the human and their mouths will contort really wide and it's it really you check it out iconic image from the, and it kind of it, it reminded me of that a bit and i like the idea that he, he sort of he because he, he, almost i i felt with these remakes they're going to turn him almost into into robocop but he almost had a look of like frankenstein just almost patched together and, and that's kind of what he, what, he, what he was effectively to begin with. And I'm liking what they've done. I, I, I applaud Capcom for trying to maybe slightly thinking outside the box and, and, and trying to make something different. Like Sean says, these are, these are better when they're reimaginings and perhaps what they're doing. Although I will say that, is that meant to be the limiter on him? That, that, that huge, ridiculous thing. On the front, yeah, we're not sure yet. It could be. You know how you get like Doctor Who, they they have all these really odd, eccentric, old-fashioned things lying about the TARDIS that, that just, you know, don't quite look like, they're sort of sci-fi, but from like the 1950s, you know, meets sci-fi, and it kind of had that sort of, that kind of look to it, to me. Um, well, I wonder, yeah. I had I raised a theory, is that, as I said, in order to be more powerful than Mr. X, because he should be, but at the same time, he can't be more powerful than Mr. X in the game, otherwise, you know, you, you're never going to have time to enjoy it. I wonder if they're going to use the limiter as a weak point so that if you target that, say, 10 perfect shots, then he will be subdued. And that's the only way of doing it. If you keep shooting him in his body or his head, it's just not going to do anything, thus keeping the appearance of being that immortal object like Mr. X. But if you can get the limiter, he'll go... or something like that, but you can actually subdue him. Because it's going to be a very fine balance to, to strike as to how they're going to make him more powerful than Mr. X, but at the same time, being able to enjoy the game and not having him constantly chasing you through the sea, because that won't be enjoyable, uh, in my opinion, if you're constantly chasing. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But, I mean, obviously the trailer for Nemesis also showed him almost being created. The worrying sign was that that was very much a homage to the end of Resident Evil 1, the, uh, the, the live-action movie I'm talking about there. It didn't send... Uh, didn't get me excited at all. <laughs> As you, because you were, you, I think it was you and a couple other people had noticed in one of the screenshots, and it's also in the trailer as well behind Brad. You can see the uh, a case that's yes. on the street open. It it matches the one in that sequence. The you know, so I'm assuming that's where the nemesis came from. But obviously, that's yet to be confirmed. Yeah. But if it's you know, so maybe it's an Umbrella USA product rather than Umbrella what? Europe product now. What would you guys do if they, you know, revised the uh, Nemesis history and instead of being made from a tyrant, it was it was actually made from a human, and you could actually pick up a file and in it it said, and just as an Easter egg, no, not not any connections or anything, but it said test subject name Matt Addison. Oh God, the 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 mess that that would cause. <laughs> <laughs> just as an Easter egg, not as it, like it is a means to connect the games to the movies. Just literally as an Easter egg. Well, but just it, what that would be is an acknowledgement of the movie. Well, if we need more, more acknowledgement, I would check out 
That would be done with the series. <laughs> that would just be it over. Finish. George Trevor KO. They already put the Alice dress in outbreak. You know, it's nothing new, and the laser corridor and umbrella cro- uh, cor- uh, chronicles. So mm-hmm. it's the next logical step. Red Queen Hive. <laughs> Lo- loads, loads going on. Loads. They lifted, on. lifted the mini gun for op- uh, Operation Raccoon City, didn't they? And that I can guarantee that'll be in remake three. Yeah, I think. Stop it! I'm just imagining. Oh. God. And it looks she's really it, in the sound booth for Resident Evil 8. <laughs> but it does look like the Nemesis. I mean, it's interesting that they've put that sequence in it in the trailer because that suggests that Nemesis has been created somewhere in the city um, as opposed to just being dropped in randomly. I just like I can't see why that would be in it unless uh, unless you go to the home of where the Nemesis was created as yeah, as the lab. I really, really hope we get a CGI map showing <laughs> showing us where it's going to go. A eh, Rob. <laughs> A nice pause. <laughs> oh, I thought you said CGI map. CGI map. No, yeah, before map. we before yeah, so where it like pulls away and then shows you a wireframe version of Raccoon City in it and a red beep to show you where Nemesis was created. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. I, I don't even want to gauge the fucking map. Say, like, Jesus, you know how much I hate those in the movies. It is it's just lazy filmmaking. And, and, and we've be... got retribution to watch yet. <laughs> oh, I don't even. Yeah, you know, we've got the rest of them to bloody watch. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, though, to be fair, the next the next one doesn't have any. The next two, I don't think, have very many maps because he couldn't get away with it. The, the director of the third one, the director of the third one, didn't want to do it, obviously. And then the, the fourth one, there was no technical way of doing the maps. But instead, he just gets lazier and just does like lips to white and <laughs> fades. Uh, right, anyway. let's let's not derail on this. That's a terrible point. So, so the trailer was interesting. As it starts off in a first person mode. And you quickly work out that you're actually Jill in her apartment, escaping into the city, which I thought was a really interesting uh, start. I'm hoping we get to play that. Just it won't be, it won't be first person, though, will it? Uh, it might be as an intro. There are rumours that there's a first person introduction where you play as a, a, someone, someone in, in the streets. Yeah. Uh, um, I I think it's also worth pointing out. I'm assuming the bit of the mirror in the trailer is Jill, and it is from her perspective. We're looking at her reflection from her eyes in the mirror. Mm, yeah. So it could be. Apartment. It could. Be. What I'd like to see. They played around with this in 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 Resident Evil Dead. A, you know, went to the first person for combat, and I, I just thought that the, the, that trailer was just a homage. You know, just showing us because we've all debated which building did Jill you know, throw herself out at the beginning of RE3. And it was just a nice way, to, you know, to tie that in. But I, I got the impression because on the, on, on the, on the trailer, it, it actually specifically comes up when it's, when it's gameplay footage and when it's not. And so I just got the impression that it, it was really just a stylistic trailer choice. But if yeah, they I mean, could switch to that for the Nemesis encounters to first person for, you know, when you're being hunted down by Nemesis, that, that would be very cool. I mean, it might just well be promotional with the same way the Sheriff was done as a first person sequence from the Rats' point of view. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Um, but I did like the way they had Jill uh, running and propelling herself through a door. I tried I tried to link that up as best I could mm, with the intro of the good. video. So what we do see when she enters onto the street, um, and we, we do get in the, I think there's a director's... Uh, sorry, not, it's kind of a Q&A session with some of the producers and we get to see a bit of the gameplay and we actually see the dodge mechanic return, which is nice. Um, Sean, you've experienced the dodge mechanic, but you had a tutorial from wiser players on how to successfully use the dodge mechanic in Resident Evil 3 Nemesis on the PlayStation. Yeah. And, and there looks to be some return to that because you can see she goes for a, a zombie goes for a lunge 
and she kind of like whicks herself out of the way. And well, we've essentially got four dodger mechanics now. We've got the Resident Evil Three one, which reacts to you pressing like the attack or the R button yep. uh, on on an enemy attack. You've got the Revelations one, which does the similar thing, but you, it involves you having to press the analog up at the right time. You've got the Revelations two, which is a dodge button. And Resident Evil 6, which is Thor's Burton as well. A lot of people are saying this is similar to the Revelations 2 one. Right. The animation looks almost lifted. So it could be on button. I wish it would be on button because I can't. I'm not very good at the reactive ones because I think with things like the zombie, it's hard to gauge when the attack animation actually starts for me. Revelations dodge. No, they seem quite quick as well, the zombies as well, you know, in, yeah. order, in order to keep them uh, in, in line with their Remake 2 counterparts. Uh, Selfish Gene, who sadly had to uh, leave us for the main discussion, he's comment, he, he's left me some uh, comments he wanted to raise. So he questions whether the knife and the grenades will still be uh, almost like the defensive weapons that they can be used in Remake 2. I've seen on Twitter um, some uh, an analysis of the knife that Jill's holding, which could be an indicator that it's more of a permanent knife rather than the damage knife that you get in Resident Evil 2. But that is pure, pure speculation. We'll see whether those defensive... Because I, I, I do like the defensive items. I really like them in Remake 1. I thought they were very good in that. We shall have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, I'd be very interested. Like, the, the original dodge mechanic in Resident Evil 3 was not a very obvious and and Sean can attest to this as well there's not very obvious uh resolve to how it works but once you actually know how it works you can master it quite easily i think in this day and age you have to make that mechanic much more user-friendly from the get-go so if that's the case you can but that's a kind of a double-edged thing because well it seems like you might be dumbing down something you actually make something more accessible like that you can actually make for more interesting gameplay choices using especially with a with a with a creature like the nemesis if it's going to act more advanced than the Mr. X is in Resident Evil 2 in a lot of ways having the ability to dodge around its abilities is probably quite key so yeah and, and I think it's good it's, I mean I'd like to your question it, it, it does <laughs> it does I just think though because considering both these games are kind of made at the same time it, you know you'd, you'd almost like them to be quite harmonious Uni- in that sense uniform, uniformly similar yeah I get mm, what you you know, it's always been a bit of a bugbear that you couldn't do like the the quick spin in Resident Evil Two originally, and the, you know the quick turn, and you know. But you know, it's a bit of a bit of a difference in the development time. But here, remake two, they could have easily made that all the mechanics exactly the same. But well, well especially as I established earlier on, like I was quite, I'm, I, I, I guess I can't be that surprised, but I was kind of surprised by that tweet to saying you said they've been working on it for about three years. It's like, well, so during a large amount of the second game's development, like, yeah, there's, there's, there was a great opportunity here to have even more crossover than you than you than you have in the original, especially considering you're re imagining these two things you could have had way more crossover but that could be the case like we, we you know people talked about that uh the bathroom smash up in the rpd we could see exactly how that was yeah you know, that might be part of it you know those sorts of things may have been planned out that way and once we actually see the end result we go oh so that's why that barrier is there that's why those shutters were closed that's why that was smashed you know i'm, Who knows? Not, I'm just not sure they've put that much I don't say effort, but thought into it because I, you know, the the fact that there's no zombie Brad or that there's no clear link that Jill's been there or anything like that, they can they can retrospectively do things, you know, to say, oh no, Jill was never there. But that seems a bit lazier than what the original games were. The fact that they had Brad there originally and then they kind of they made the story around the subsequent game, it makes it feel more organic. Whereas this this remake three is almost reacting to 
the base plate of two, but there isn't anything to work off. Yeah, yeah. I know. Do you know what I mean? It, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at when when I'm meaning that so much time to cross develop these titles you could have put a lot more thought into how these two things were going to tie together because you were developing them roughly at the same time mm. that's ex- exactly I, I i get what you mean um and, and 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 conversely it doesn't seem like they've thought this too much about it but we'll, we'll see this is it like it's a trailer at this point and it's only assumptions and it, you know, we, we might get pleasantly surprised or we may not at all who knows yeah absolutely the other question then with what with talking of Brad, are we, does the trailer give a clue that we're actually going to see a bit more of a bigger role for him? He he seems, as George says, uh, you know, a hard on. Someone's got a hard on for him. Well, very good. Uh, I'd like to see a bit more Brad. I'd like to see him. I'd say redeemed because that's not quite true, but it would be a good opportunity to make him less of a chicken heart. You know, that's why we. That's why we love Brad. He got what he deserved, really. If you're thinking about it, <laughs> sure, the that was like that was the whole point that he was always quite scared, you know, and the feeling he's still going to die pretty quickly. He still, he still, we still had the assumption that he has to die by the time you get to the RPD. So you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's drastically going to change. There may be some more interactions. There may be some more dialogue, all this sort of stuff. That's kind of similar to what, but it may not. I mean, Resident Evil Two remake kind of peered back some of the dialogue and conversation in certain areas and added others and other ones so we'll see I was Sean did you get impressions of that brief shot in outbreak um, in in with Brad that there was almost like outbreak vibes going on because I certainly did with the, with the we're kind of police officers all talking you know not being overwhelmed by zombies at that particular point trying to coordinate things yeah, I mean, it depends how early game's going to go. We might actually see days in the run-up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, with the fact that Nemesis is in the city and he's talking about him being interested in Stars members, it could be before the RPD's last stand. If there is, if there even is an RPD last stand now, I mean, one of the things we're we're seeing is that it looks like the timeline. And I don't want to jump ahead too much before, but we know from a revealed image that, I don't know whether it was leaked or released publicly, uh, you know, officially by Capcom, but there is an image of Jill speaking to Robert Kendo. Yes. So, I'm not going to go into the details of that too much, but all I will say from that, and and the take I have from that, is that they're going to be remixing the Raccoon City storyline quite a bit, by the look of it. So, it's really hard to look at that Brad footage and think, well, you know, it's going to go here because it looks like they are literally going to rewrite the entire thing, in all honesty. I don't know whether I do get an outbreak vibe from it, because I don't know where it would go, if you know what I mean. I think the timeline's going to get thrown in the bin, and they're going to do their own thing, which, again, I think is a good thing, because it helps you differentiate completely from canon. Rather than trying to have the painstaking process of going, right, well, where does this Brad scene fit in relation to the actual Resident Evil 3? You're just going to basically say, it's not going to fit at all. Yes, D- oh, D- I think that's better. Didi asked for fries from a uh, Discord member. He, <laughs> he asked us about the Kendo Jill meeting up, and if you think about it logically, it does make perfect sense. You know, she's, well, she's she's wielding a Glock in the images, uh, and so the big question is where's Samurai Edge? Mm. So I see a lot. I see some fans are theorising she's going to get her or a model, you know, from Kendo. I would thought that'd be at the end. I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, we we all hold the Samurai Edge quite close to our hearts because of what not to most people it's just a bloody handgun isn't it yeah it's just the basic weapon that you get but it's symbolic of stars isn't it i think it's symbolic yeah 
I, I was going to say, I, th- I think it gives us a good indication as well that Jill's exit from the RPG is not going to be through the front either. It, she, it means she's going to have to end up going through the basement and out the back to Kendo's gun shop, considering where it's located now as well. I think it's worth noting. She'll open the shutter that... Um, I don't know, is it, is it open when Irons gets there in the remake? Just, yeah. He, he uh, shuts it. Claire, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, it's closed originally. Yes, because you put the key and then it starts opening. The, yeah. So yeah, it's worth, worth noting that as well, I think. I know some people, I've seen some people very disappointed that she's not wielding the samurai edge. This, w- this will be a very deliberate decision by the team because they let Wesker wield the samurai edge in Resident Evil 5 for no reason other than we all like to think he uses it to taunt Chris almost. You know, it's the gun he holds to his head. The Obviously, the Albert models in Resident Evil 7 is based on the classic Samurai Edge. Samurai Edges were DLC weapons in Resident Evil 2. So for all of a sudden, Jill to not be wielding her own Samurai Edge, it's a, it'll be a storytelling decision and there will be a moment where she gets her Excalibur Yes. That's gonna be gonna be used to kill off the nemesis. It'll be her stars I'll give you stars pistol, won't it? Instead of the mag- <laughs> I think it will be, honestly. I think at the end of the game that'll be the gun she'll wield. I think you'll to probably do that, to do that big scene. It makes sense, but I just say from a casual gamer's point of view, mm. if you've gone through well, half the game and suddenly you get, oh, he's going to get Kendo, gun shop, give me a new gun, oh, it's another handgun. Unless it's know, like... Here's where he'll say, you know, I've, I've, I've made this model for you. It's it's better than the previous one. That's gonna. I think that's got to be it relatively early on. And then, and then and then and like I say, it will be there. You want stars? I'm going to literally give you stars in the form of a nine millimeter bullet fired from this gun. The stars written on that. No, but <laughs> yeah. I, I Nick, I would say it is going to be early on in the sense that if if Kendo's is the first place you go to after the RPD, that's still within the first bit of the game. I suspect. I don't think the pacing general is going to change. I would say you still get to the RPD pretty early on. <laughs> I've seen yeah. some fans speculate that they may, you may not even get Jill going to the RPD because the trailer shows uh, Carlos there. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't. I, don't I can't see. I can't see them not putting Jill in the RPD. Yeah. It's too. There's too much fitting situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually. I say actually that tallies up because if you think about it, by the time you leave the RPD, you could have got the Eagle handgun or very close to getting the Eagle handgun in the original. So if you're then given, which is obviously just a more powerful version than whatever she's got at the beginning, the Samurai Edge. So if it makes sense, you then get a Samurai Edge to replace your Glock at that point, then that still works. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the uh, one of the big points of Resident Evil 3 and, and Dino Crisis at the time was that you could do live selections so the game would pause and you'd have a bright flash of light and you could choose which uh, option or not an option sometimes you kind of like a third choice as to what way you would go enter the RPD fight with the monster jump off the building commit on Arikari whatever you want to do do we think that the, the live selection choices will come back uh, there's been rumours and talks that it perhaps could be a bit more organic uh, what's your What's your view on that, Rob? Uh, I I would probably agree that it's more likely to be organic. I can't see them doing the old on-the-screen selection, go this way or go that way, pick a path. And I guess that's still the same with even the gameplay style, you know, the gameplay where you could make that decision when you you arrive at a certain location. You can go right and you end up going to the restaurant or left of the press office. I could see that continuing to stay the same as well if there's different paths. But who knows, they may even scrap that. The you know the simplification there's a linear path of, through the actual gameplay and those selections uh, are less the less obvious selections are really the only diverging things. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. I, I would hope that they see that as such an important part of what made the game what it was, that they wouldn't change it, but you never know. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. The real Ark Thompson and Claire Redfield on our Discord have asked about the branching paths as well, and uh, hope, hoping that will become more of a, a, a key element in this case. Um, and, you know, there's kind of live sections and if you are able to go to actually, the restaurant or the press office or whatever, whatever versions they incorporate. I, I, th- I think it's kind of telling, and I just to bring it back to what we've talked about, like you look at our, the birth, Happy Birthday podcast we did for it and how there's a bunch, you know, we, every once in a while someone would mention a scene and there other people were like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. Like the fact that you could be like 20 years removed from a game and still have that reaction. I, I don't perhaps see that happening with this game. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be finding 20 years down the track people who haven't seen certain cuts yeah. and paths and stuff. I think I, I kind of feel like it's it's going to be all very obvious in in the long run scheme of things that there's not going to be these little the little ways. And it's even the same with the original PS1, Resident Evil 1. You know, like there's a lot of little mini cut scenes like so many people have never seen, probably heard that scene where Barry's behind the door you know, and that sort of stuff. In the original one, they may have only heard it when they, because the narrative path got changed in the brute just cut, you know. Mm. Uh, those sorts of things just don't exist now. You, you pretty much always are going to see what you're going to see in most games. It'd be very unusual to see have that sort of path where stuff is kind of almost hidden away if you only make certain selections. George, your, um, your, your comments on live selection, where do you think um, it's going to come back? Obviously, we're not going to get them. And I mean, they're, you know, there are various more modern gameplay aspects that are now considered, you know, far too archaic by Capcom to, to introduce them, you know, including environmental, you know, descriptions. So, and, and I just feel, it, again, is it just another one of those sort of gameplay mechanics are iconic from the past that because of the technology that was available at the time, you know, these are why these games worked so well. And, you know, Capcom were forced to have these, you know, tight environments and that's what caused the claustrophobia and, and just certain aspects technically you know, technical limitations at the time that forced them down certain roads and actually just produced this, you know, this this lightning in a bottle that was just perfect. And I, I just think this is another kind of aspect that's taken away, that's peeled away. And we're just left with kind of like this one-dimensional, very beautiful-looking game, but it just lacks so much of the charm of the original. Stars, do you think, do you think it's going to come back or is it going to be, as Rob kind of intimated, it's going to be implied live selections? I don't think we'll see it at all. I think it'll be um, more of a, you know, a straight narrative like remake two. I'm not expecting a great deal of difference between the two, uh, between two and three in terms of how it's presented. But we'll see. Okay. I mean, I'd I'd like to see. I think I'd like to see a nod to it to somehow, you know, almost like you have an FMV or something and Nemesis chasing you, and then you can kind of go, oh, I could go this way, I could go this way. Perhaps you don't choose, but perhaps there's like a scene where she looks one way and then another, and then just chooses one way. Mm-hmm. It'd kind of be like an implied, oh, she's made a live selection. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be quite, that'd be quite a nice little, nice little touch. But it's such early days at the moment. We've only seen one trailer. Uh, we're probably, so we're probably jumping the gun a bit on all this. But um, it, it is fun to speculate, but speculate responsibly. One shall, one shall. Um, we've had lots of comments as well. Um, um, uh, from our from our Discord as well. There's talk about Doctor Bard. This is where it would be useful to have Batman here. But um, Doctor Bard see, is seemingly an important Doctor who could be uh, rumoured and theorised by um, some fans that he's perhaps possibly the person that saves Jill this time could with, be. from infection. Now Doctor Bard appeared in the original Anvil uh, advertisement. It was a Doctor Bird. 
Oh, was it Bell? Sorry. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite. Not, not, a... not quite the same. Okay. But it would make more sense than actual, like you know, doctor or scientist coming up with a, a cure, and not number, not, not Carlos just fumbling about in the hospital <laughs> basement and going, "Oh, fucking hell! Look at this." Andy. <laughs> 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 Yeah, considering you know how how difficult it was for daylight to be made and things like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's one area that could be tightened up if you yeah. like. Uh, it would have been nicer if it was daylight. Maybe it is. Yes, because yeah. obviously daylight appears later in Mahara Desire as well, doesn't it? Which is um, which was a nice continuity link. Odd, but no, I don't know. I mean, again, it, it, we're speculating something that's on a map. Yes, yes, one kind of. I mean, we can look at some overall pictures. And what, what, what do, you, what do you hope from this game? Um, what's your, you know, are you hoping for just a bit more fun, a bit more survival horror, um, or um, do you um, think it's going to take the route of the original, which is a bit more action orientated? My, my dream hope for this game, Nick, is that it's the last remake. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, all serious aside, uh, I'd like to actually see, if nothing else, Jill explored a little bit more. I'd like to, again, this is where you get into this horrible grey canon area. In one sense, I like the fact that they fleshed out a little bit of why Jill stays in the city, and that is that Irons basically puts her on house arrest, if you like, which confines her to her apartment. That's kind of cool, but you you have to be very careful with which bits of the you know remake canon you want to pick and choose from. Yes. But that said, it, it I, I still wouldn't mind seeing them explore a little bit of what the stars have got up to in the last two months. But then that'll be a massive departure from remake two, which didn't even want to mention like the mansion incident at all in any kind of capacity. And likewise, are we even going to get epilogues this time? I honestly don't think so. I wouldn't have thought so, George. Oh wow. It gets even worse because yeah, I <laughs> you hadn't even thought about the epilogue bit. <laughs> no, thanks, Sean. And um, oh, crikey! I think I'm I'm trying to tie it back to what they did with with the remake for two, and 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 where, if at all, they improved upon the original. And again, I mean, look, we've got a fantastic community manager. You know, catastrophe has been putting out on Twitter these images, these screenshots. And I'm re- really with her enthusiasm with how stunning they look, you know, the, the neon lights and, and the destruction. And, and it is going to be great to see on these modern day consoles, which I think we always have wanted to see in some capacity, Raccoon City realised and, and the chaos around, just, you know, not necessarily dressed up as a, 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 as a you know, reimagining, reimagining of, of, of an almost perfect game. Mm. Um, if they can capture some of that essence... Then, then I, I, I will be happy. But um, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that kind of finishes our Resident Evil Three discussion for now. I mean, we you, we could talk for hours about what we want, but at the end of the day, we're going to have almost certainly more podcasts talking about Resident Evil Three and what you know overall impressions. So we don't want to try and have too many predictions. Otherwise, we'll probably have egg in our face, <laughs> and we'll try to avoid that as best we possibly can. One area I did want to briefly talk about is Project Resistance. Of course, we did a whole podcast dedicated to it, and it now looks like it's going to be the replacement for Mercenaries. So the Real Arc Thompson has asked us, do we think it will? I'm quite convinced it will replace the Mercenaries. I don't think we'll get Operation Mad Jackal at all. I think this will be it. And I think Project Resistance is going to be quite a big side project game, if you like, to replace the fact that Resident Evil 3 will be relatively short. Um, the thing is, Resident Evil 2, the remake, is quite a lengthy game for me, but then I see speedrunners doing it in less than an hour. So, yeah. Uh, 
um, Resident Evil 3 might well be the same. Same if it's speedrunner orientated, then I could actually, in my heyday, finish the PlayStation 1 version in an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, if you could theoretically speedrun in this, this, this in less than an hour, then people will burn out on it quick. So something like Project Resistance would be quite a welcome, you know, sort of package rounder, if you like. Well, I think I think I'll tie it in with the Mad Jackal mercenary stuff as well, because I think that's all kind of one. I personally don't think that there's going to be any of those original modes remade. It was nice to have uh, Fourth Survivor and Tofu in Resident Evil 2 remake, but I can't, if they've got Project Resistance, that's much of a resource thing that they would probably rather be spending their time on rather than trying to recreate mercenaries in any particular form which is unfortunate because I do really like that mode it's one of my favourite bonus modes in any of the games but um, I can kind of see why you wouldn't do it with, with Project Resistance I think Resistance is going to be more of what we've already seen and in the beta, I don't think it's going to be progressive too much beyond that. Um, obviously, there's going to be some extra characters, including our good old friend Martin Sandwich. Um, uh, 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 like... There'll be no bad word against Martin Sandwich. <laughs> um, and you know, I I think it's going to it's it'll be a, a usable mode, and it'll probably have its little own little community, and it'll have its own little achievements and trophies, and it'll be is what it is. I don't I don't see it going massive. I just see it being a part of the remake of three and i think that's probably a sensible thing i think if they'd launched it by itself it probably would have faltered as quickly as uh as umbrella corpse did really on as far as it's online interesting well annette's in it she's been confirmed as a mastermind controlling g so we can you can quickly evaporate any fears that the multiplayer element is canon yes because <laughs> she does not remote control working no no she does it's not a computer terminal but we have been blessed with the joy the hero that we all deserve. The Frodo Baggins. The Frodo Baggins. The legend that is, Mr. Martin Sandwich. The producer of Project Resistance was expressly asked, why have you called this character Sandwich? And he has confirmed that it was basically for the fans. And why the hell not? And I completely support him. Between Martin Sandwich and Posh Brown... We have two heroes of Resident Evil that will live on forever. I salute you, sir. But I, I honestly <laughs> don't know what they're thinking. I don't care. It's brilliant. I genuinely think it's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant name. And what? why the hell not? Why the hell not? I think it's quality. And I think it, ma- it makes a mockery because this will be in Japanese and they're going to have to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Um, who it is. It'll be no doubt Kendo or someone like that um, has actually photoshopped Martin Sandwich onto Jill's Jill's dog picture <laughs> yes. and then insinuate that should they ever marry then she will actually become Jill Sandwich <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. yes Batman has yeah. tried to get that trending as well this week yeah. so, um, again I, I from, from story point of view I do look forward to Project Resistance just to see what the um, just to see if there is any storyline campaign I don't think there's going to be a single player campaign to it now which I know they were thinking about but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's now pure multiplayer and therefore any story element will be picking up in a, in a similar manner to Umbrella Corpse and then we'll have to see how it is and whether that is canon or not, or does it form into this, what's looking like to be an alternative universe. Uh, any final comments, chaps, about Project Resistance and or Remake 3 for now? Everyone's oh, kind of reserving it. judgment somewhat, going, OK, this looks good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we just need to wait till we see more. I mean, the, the trailers have been very vague, even though yeah. there's not really a lot to go on just yet. 
And there's not even a website, is there yet, for RE3? I mean, obviously, that that goes to the fact that, you know, this was announced, I think, earlier than Capcom had wanted. But when RE2 was announced, we had a website to go to straight away, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's been any particular update on the Project Resistance uh, website to do with RE3. Project Resistance has been updated with all new characters. There's no no no, no sort of actual RE3 web. Um, there may be actually. As I look, have a look. Like, yeah, there is. Oh, is it, there? Oh, yeah, it's just, all, it, all it is is Jill Valentine's desperate escape from Raccoon City, third of April, twenty twenty. Watch the trailer. That's all. Oh, so like no sort of assets, no screenshots or anything. No, no we'll have to. Um... Keep an eye out, but that does, I think, for the time being, finish our discussion. Uh, we welcome back Selfish Gene. Welcome back, just in time, my friend. For we are now ready to enter the doldrums, the the pudding that is Neptune's Christmas Biohazard Quiz. The quiz, a test of knowledge, especially as a competition between individuals or teams as a form of entertainment, usually hosted by a quiz master. Can I just ask, have you had all of these uh, questions independently verified? He doesn't even know the general knowledge stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why is, is this man the quiz master? It's not going to be one of these quizzes, is it? <laughs> I, think well, we be, I think we should get another question, John, don't you? Already fallen into control. Already fallen into yeah, well, that, that was to be expected. I, I'm once again Nick is at the centre of that controversy. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Batman. Star Tyrant. So, welcome to Neptune's Christmas Biohazard Quiz. It's the season five finale. Who knows what will happen going forward? But we have five normal questions, Christmas related. So, long term listeners of the quiz will know that means tedious links to famous Christmas songs. So uh, brace yourself for terrible singing and uh, some very dodgy uh, related biohazard questions, but never fear. To start off the Season 5 finale, we just have the five standard questions, so if everyone can clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. Let's go. So question number one. Ooh, the weather outside is frightful. It sure is, but entering what room triggers the lightning storm to start on Rockfoot Island? What? Sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just that singing just <laughs> me. Uh, this is this is interesting. I'm thinking I know the answer, but I'm like, what the hell do you, do you call it? Yeah, that's true. That there's a good point. If you know the answer, there's a couple you of. You can take multiple. I will take multiple. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Are you, are you happy with the question, uh, I have George? A description. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. If yeah. I can give a description, that's, oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so question number two. Last Christmas I gave you my heart and then a liver and a pancreas and a lung. 
But in what year did Manuela last receive an organ transplant? Okay, question at number three. Christmas time! Don't let the bells end! But what happens when the bell does end in the village in Resident Evil 4? Hello? Nick, I think you're, that thing you broke my connection. <laughs> was that you trying to do the darkness? <laughs> that was the darkness, yes. Bloody hell. <laughs> No, you're being ambitious. I'm very well. It's it's, it's a standard protocol, isn't it? Question number four. I'm driving home for Christmas in Langshang, but how does Piers describe himself as he and Chris are in pursuit of Carla? Okay, got that. One. Got that. And finally, thankfully, everyone, you can uh, you can <laughs> put, put the uh, headphones down for another 12 months. No more Christmas questions. Question number five. It will be lonely this Christmas without you to hold. It's something Leon sings every year about Ada. More so because in Resident Evil 6 she gives Leon a ring. What is on that ring? It's very Resident Evil 6 uh, heavy. Yeah. Well, I, I've been inspired by <laughs> Sean's recent playthrough, so... As well you should. Yes. <laughs> they are... <laughs> is it, what, what ring does she give him? Yes, what's on the ring, yeah. So these are our very Christmassy yet tedious Resident Evil questions. Join us after this when we'll run through those answers. This holiday season, be sure to get that special someone, the gift they really want. The most intense PlayStation games ever. Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil, the director's cut. Now supports dual shot catalog and roller. So, we'll quickly go through the answers. Needless to say, by the way, chaps, Star's Tyrant really does need the win for this one. So, let's go through those questions. So, question number one. Upon entering what room triggers the lightning storm to start on Rockfort Island? We'll start with Star's Tyrant, because you are a huge Code Veronica fan. I believe, although I'm probably going to be wrong, it's the private residence passageway, because it actually has a dedicated cutscene the first time you go through it, where the camera sort of uh, lifts up, shows you a wide shot of the private residence. Lightning bolts occur. Okay, okay. Rob? Oh, I want to say the office before that hallway, the, which I assume is um, Ale- would have been Alexander's office, Ashford, um, and has been taken over by Alfred with the sliding cabinet that leads to that passageway. That's my guess. Fucking hell. George, Trevor? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a name for the room, but it, uh, as Sean described, um, you know, where you, where you do the uh, code is 1971, you know, for, for that puzzle, and you get the, the lightning through the window, and when you, um, you know, the band snap sma- smashes through. So, are you, okay, so are you going for the office or the passageway? I'm only saying because we've got, we, we, Sean said, well, Sean said it's that, the passageway. Well, no, that, that's the room. That, 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 when you, there's that, great scene, there's that great cutscene as you're approaching the residence, the, the Ashford's residence where you get the So lightning. who's going for the hallway? Are you going for the hallway or are you going for the office when the lightning storm starts? Oh, when it starts. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because it's just it, pick one. Oh, sorry. I'm being boring. The corridor. Go for the corridor. Okay. Jane? I've written the office with the diorama before the bridge. The the room you unlock with the gold lugers. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I can't change That's my right. yeah, I, I know there's lightning there, but is that on the way back through? I don't know. I don't know when it starts. I don't know. That's what I've guessed. No, I think it's soon. It's, po- it's points to our friends down under. Robin Jean, it is the room when you go. It's the uh, the Gold Luger room, the office room. That's when the lightning storm starts. And yeah, not when you get walk up to the private residence. I am afraid. So points there to Rob and Jean. Good start. Good start. Question number two was uh, in what what's the last year did Manuela last receive an organ transplant? Bit of a tricky, not, not trick question, but you know, there's, there's, there's a there's a better way of wording the year. But I'll, we'll see what we get there. Jean, 
Gene, what was your answer? Uh, I'm just guessing 2003. 2003. George Trevor? I'm not going to get anything right this week, because anyone I got right, you talked me out of the answer, and I changed my answer. Um, so I had no idea. I'm going to guess um, 2002. 2002. Okay, uh, Star I seem to recall she needs a regular transplant, so if the scenario takes place in 2002, I would say it, it goes right up until her death. So are you saying 2002 as well? 2002, yeah. The same, the same place Operation Javier takes place. Okay. Rob? Yeah, the same justification as Sean Scott. I, I can't remember very well, but I've only played it a couple of times, so, so I'm going to go with 2002 as well. It is 2002, so points everyone. Bar Jean there, who was one year out. Indeed, yes, my, my, my phraseology was that basically... The real question is, what year did Operation Javier take place? Therefore, yeah. the very good. I just misremembered. Yes, unlucky, close though, close though. So very good points all around there, Margin. So question number three: What happens when the when the bells do end uh, in the village in Resident Evil Four? This is a very tedious link into the. Um, well, so don't let the bells end. Sorry, was the question. Yeah, don't let the bells end. But what happens when the bell yeah, when the bells ring in Resident Evil Four? So this is relatively easy, champs. Uh, Rob, the. Uh, the Ganados stop doing what they're doing and head towards the church and Leon cracks wise about everyone going to bingo. Okay, uh, so it's turn. I had written everyone goes to bingo. <laughs> Obviously would have elaborated that they go to the graveyard and just sort of stand, you know, motionless. Church. George Trevor? Yeah, I literally just put bingo time. <laughs> bingo time! <laughs> <laughs> Selfish Jim, what did you put? I've written Ganados leave to bingo. Bingo. It's correct. I did. Ha- I specifically had bingo. I wanted people to comment on the bingo because it's the most important aspect. There's obviously a gala bingo just around the corner for, for them all to play. So points all around there. We're right done. Question number four. How does Pierce describe himself as he and Chris are in pursuit of Carla? There's a specific phrase that he uses to describe himself. So how well was everyone paying attention? Rob? with you again this time i honestly can't remember it's i haven't played that game since 2014 so can't remember okay george um my devotion to resident evil 6 didn't last that long and i've not even seen the cutscene because i've not played it that far into the game and <laughs> so i've no idea i've no idea no idea selfish gene no uh, i much like george i haven't that part of the game, so it's, it's not even in my brain to come out of my brain to give it. <laughs> this is a, a <laughs> damning indictment of the of the, yes. the the vehicle sections in Resident Evil 6. Stars Tyrant. I didn't know, so I've gone for a major guess, which is uh, sorry, Mr. Redfield, you should know I'm a big deal in the Resistance. <laughs> 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 well, you're not far out. He I, just, I honestly can't remember. He describes himself as the BSAA's best driver. I only just played that fairly recently, so I should have known it. You should have known it. To be honest, I was probably just lost in the noise of that campaign. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I'm a big deal, but that's a bit. Nah, of, it's, nah, not, it's not. Not close yeah. enough, I think. You're right. So, finally, question number five. So, in Resident Evil Six, uh, Ada gives Leon a ring. What is on that ring? Star Star. <laughs> It is the Simmons family signet ring or whatever, and I believe it is two snakes sort of intertwined. Okay, uh, George Trevor? I don't know, but still going back to my original answer for Code Veronica, when you play back the edit, you will hear me say, you will hear me say that I want to change my answer back to my original answer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I just... I, I'm all about code George. You've got it, George. Just, just to drop it aside, I'm going to create an argument here. You need to just commit to something and say it, like yeah. rather than 
That's the problem. Like you said both, and then you kind of never both. really committed. And never really committed to either one of them, which is why I said just pick one, George. Well, the reason <laughs> I the reason you had to pick one was because obviously Stars had picked the corridor bit, and then yeah, Rumby needed to do that anyway because yeah, I would have I'm a nerd for mm. ten minutes, and I've got no idea what's on the ring. Sorry again, Resident Evil Six. I don't know. Sorry. No idea. Okay, uh, selfish June. Um, I've written Teddy Bear, just thinking it might be a reference to the end of Resident Evil Four. I may not play that part. It's points to Stars Tyrant. It is the Simmons family crest. So well done. Excuse me, I didn't get asked. Thank you. Oh, crumbs! (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. (laughs) I was going to say exactly that. Were you? I know it's the Family crest. I, that but I did actually know because Leon uses it uses it to unlock a door. Thank you very much. Did you know they're the same person, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I'll t- uh, because you, I trust where so, well done. Yes, Rob. Yes, well done. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it unlocks a door that has the crest on. Family crest on. It does. That but I do remember. So let's have a look. So at... just b- before you tally the scores, don't be too eager. So, I, I studied for this quiz, finally. Oh, I'm just going <laughs> to just drop some facts here. Maybe go on then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Firehazard Archives edition on Wii came out on the 25th of December in Japan, two, 2008. 25th of December 2008. Is that worth a point? <laughs> <laughs> just no? random stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, try, try this, try this. Also, 25th of December 2008, Adam and Kajuju wrote a blog entry. We've had that one before, though. Drinks. Yeah. With a uh, lady in a red dress. She drank whiskey and water. 25th of December. So that's worth about three points, though. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a we had it before. Wh- whiskey I, and water. Whiskey and water. When I uh, when we had the meet up with the uh, guys earlier in the year, I actually confessed to Nick whilst we were quite drunk that I'd uh, memorised like the ID tag numbers for some of the characters in uh, Code Veronica. So like Claire's is WKD forty four ninety six. The code one, the the code on the uh, back of the card is NTC O three nine four. And I chastised him and fucking told him off because no matter you know you could I literally try and revise <laughs> these most fucking obscure things in the hope that one day they will come up in a quiz and these have never fucking ever come up and I was you know it's just waiting for that moment where I go fuck yeah, off instead, instead you get questions instead you get questions about car manufacturers yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you, you got some ca- you <laughs> got retail outlet Sean Who that's um, true no, it's all good, it's all good. Sean, I have to say, this quiz was very heavy in your favour. We're Code Veronica, Resident Evil 6. I know, I'm disappointed with my answer in the first question, I'll be honest. Because, yeah, it was it as soon as Rob started talking about it, I was I like... I could hear you. Oh, yeah, yes, could, it's when you put yeah, the code in, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, some nice facts there, Gene. But sadly, one of those we had for our Christmas special many moons ago, so... Uh, Never mind. So let's have a look at the final scores. How has everyone done? This uh, podcast winner is Rob with four out of five. So well done, Rob. Winner. Yes. The Christmas winner. Uh, in second place, it stars Tyrant with three out of four. And in joint third, it's George Trevor and the Selfish Gene with two points. So that does conclude the quiz. <laughs> But this is the season finale. Means quiz is not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no. Let's play for the to determine who is the winner of season five. 
There is one last question for you all to attempt. This is an Only Connect question. If you ever see the game show Only Connect in the UK, we're looking for the connection between the answers that I give. Okay? Let's have a look how everyone has done in Season 5. So depending on how many quizzes you have won in Season 5 is how many clues you will personally get. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So the answer is worth 10 points, so everyone is still in the game. But let's have a look at how well people have done in Season 5. Well, this is why I did say Stars Titan really could do with a win. So, Stars, you have won one quiz in Season 5. You have, you'll have have one clue. George, you have won two quizzes in Season 5, so you'll have two clues. Uh, special Guests, uh, which I'm bringing Gene into the equation, you've won one quiz as well, so you'll have one clue. Batman, if he were here, had won four quizzes, so he would have got four quizzes. Uh, the overall winner this uh, this season has been Rombi. Rombi, you have won six quizzes. This including the one just we just in- had. Including the one that we have just wow. had. So you, oh my, my friend, we're going to get six quizzes. So not only have you done well in this quiz, you've actually done better than Batman over the entire course of season five. Holy it, moly! It doesn't help that well. yeah, it doesn't help that I don't think Batman was here for three of them. But that's. Sure. Th- no, <laughs> Including this one, yeah, it's true. He probably would have gone five out of five on this quiz, I think. Neither here nor there. Let's not diminish your your question, uh, your, your achievement here. So the question is as follows: I will read out the clues based on the number of successes and the number of uh, quizzes you've got right, and then you need to send me your answer via uh, via DM if you want to do it on Twitter, send it on Discord or on Messenger. That will be fine. Based on my clue, what is the connection? So if I, for example, if I was to say clue number one is 121 and clue number two is 124 and so forth, you would say, ah, well, the the connection is they are all Hunter. Oh. You know what I mean? Okay. It's a bit and, more... And so just, just, to, uh, just to clarify, so the people that have got one yeah. quiz <laughs> right have to, have to send an answer after one, one clue. That is correct. <clears throat> Yeah, okay. that is correct. Now I could Whereas be. I have up to six. You have six. <laughs> You've really thought this through, Nick, haven't you? I have. This is. <laughs> I have to say this is a bit unfair because obviously I've won more quizzes, <laughs> therefore I get more clues. That gives me more opportunities to win this too. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not this sure is... this is fair. Well, do you want me to distribute the four wins that Batman has to? I. I I think that's fair. I think we should distribute those across the board, and they all should get we do one that? extra one. If you can't make it here, that's a fair call. I'm sure John would appreciate that. that that's that's very socialist in the in these very right wing times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it for me because I don't need it. So yeah. so Gene oh. and Trevor get two, uh, and uh, they all get two, isn't it? Is yeah. George, was George Harry had two? George already I had two, two, didn't he? So he's three. So three, yeah, that so way. Gene, yeah. yeah. Gene and Gene and uh, and and stars get one uh, yep. extra each, and George gets one extra each. Makes it two and three respectively. X, absolutely right. So clear your desktops, clear your mind, think like me if you can. Never, always a dangerous thing. So here we go. Clue number one: passenger. Clue number two: researcher. Answers on a postcard from Stars Tyrant and Selfish Gene, please. Right, yeah, Jeans is logged. Thank you, Jeans. I've got that. Okay, so Sean uh, Stars Tyrant's qu- uh, answer has been logged. Clue one was passenger. Clue two is uh, researcher. Clue three, civilian. Oh, I thought. Uh, George, passenger, researcher, civilian. I just trying to think what game they all could be like classes in or something like that. So send me your answer, please. 
civilian. Oh, oh, I can I'll send you something now. Yes, thank you. Thank you. George Trevor, thank you. Your answer is logged. Okay, very good, very good. Right, for our fellow contestant, we'll carry on. Okay, so clue, so clue number one was passenger, clue number two was researcher, clue number three was civilian, clue number four, also civilian, so that would have been the Batman's point of introduction. Clue number five, naked person slash test subject slash prisoner. <laughs> that makes my answer really weird. <laughs> Uh, sorry, repeat that one again. So, naked person, naked person, test subject slash prisoner. And oh, I know. And clue number six: villager slash farmer. Oh God, that doesn't make it any know. better for me. So, I'll just do them one again for you. So, passenger, researcher, civilian, civilian, naked person slash test subject slash prisoner. Note my emphasis. Villager or farmer. If no one gets it, I might carry on to see if it. <laughs> yeah, but wait, you could, you could. That's a, it just can give we'll everyone see. an opportunity to re-enter if they've got. Because Sean sounds like he's got ninety. I have really have not. No. <laughs> <laughs> God, I have no idea. I'm gonna post. I'll send you something, Nick, on Facebook. Yeah, I have no idea if that's gonna be there anything go. close. Right, all the answers have been logged. Should we look through? Should we see what everyone has put? So, Rom, Star Star, starting with um, you, correctly identified a passenger diary and a researcher's diary. Interesting thoughts. Oh, no. <laughs> it is interesting thought. They're very good. Gene, your connection was James. I'm my own answer. Was James Marcus? Was your answer here? Is the connection James Marcus? And George Trevor, your answer was: Were these all names Jill was called by Nikolai? So, naked person prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's now that I understand why George is like. Yeah, it would have just been passenger research civilian, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's quite interesting. And finally, Rob went for the simple answer of protagonists. Um, I'm afraid all of you are incorrect. So the game is yes. still the game is still open for everyone. I'm going to carry on, and and first person to buzz right. in will get it. I think you should be you should get it. I mean, I hope I don't get to the last one. But anyway, so think carefully. Passenger, researcher, civilian, civilian, prisoner, a village farmer. A townsperson, probably a butcher. Oh, I think I know. Oh, wait. <laughs> George. Gone. Are, the, are these the first people you see in, in in trailers, in Resident Evil trailers? It's like the first character that you see that comes up on screen. In trailers or? Oh, oh we get the start of the very, the very start of the game? Yes! Correct! Well done! <laughs> <laughs> Well done, George Trevor. Oh, Victor for season five. That is well correct. So let's have a look at them. A passenger, as in a train passenger, is the first passenger zombie. Zero. Uh, is yeah. zero. A researcher, the one you encounter eating Kenneth. 
a civilian on the streets of Resident Evil 2, a civilian in Resident Evil 3, naked person slash test subject prisoner, graveyard zombie, a villager farmer from Resident Evil 4, a butcher from Resident Evil 5, and the next one, the university student Liz... Would that have got? Would that have helped you, Sean? Yeah, probably would have helped me. So, I and I didn't even envisage sort of visualize any of the games in particular. I was just thinking, this sounds like all things the characters have been at the start. I was thinking about just Claire being a prisoner at the start. In Resident Evil Five, one's a bit ambiguous. Interesting, Nick. If I had said antagonist instead of protagonist, what would you have done? Yeah, I'm yeah. right. That. And the final clue was Mia Winters. Yeah. So there we go. Wow. What an exciting conclusion to season five of well done, uh, George. Neptune's Biohazard well Quiz. Congratulations to George Trevor for only connecting them all together in this festive edition. So well done, George, the victor once again of the season. I think you've won a few seasons, actually. As it I, I was going to say, yes, it was like cheated Batman out of the first one, didn't I? Because you, <laughs> you, you kind of conspired to ignore the fact that he points ahead of me over the series. And, and then it was like one question wins it all. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the suspect points. So, <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for joining. That does conclude season five of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz, and it, uh, yeah, we will be back with season six, uh, starting some new questions. So, join us then next next year. Pretty much finishes our season five. So, thank you for um, listening to our remake three and Project Resistance discussion. We didn't talk too much about Re- Project Resistance. We will in more detail at the future podcast, I promise. Um, but this was mainly to do with um, Valiant Raid and uh, Resident Evil 7 Walk Through the Fear. I hope you enjoyed Gene's um, guidance and uh, exclusive, really, play, um, you know, review, if you like, of it. So. Um, that was the kind of main focal point so we hope you enjoyed that and we will continue with our Remake 3 coverage on all our social media outlets but that does finish um, our discussion we do, before we leave, actually have some quite major site news slash special announcement that I wanted to share with everyone as I said, this is the last in the series of Season 5 of the podcast but also the last ever Project Umbrella podcast but do not fear, we're not going away. Season 6 will be starting shortly, starting in January. We can't let Batman avoid Code Veronica replay that easily. No, no, <laughs> no. But in all seriousness, this is the end of the name of the Project Umbrella podcast. You'll have noticed that on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Discords have been slightly rebranded uh, over the past couple of weeks. This was designed to test the water and see how the community would react. We've been really pleased with the response, and in fact, since the social media rebrand, the podcast has grown more and more with uh, more YouTube subscribers, more Twitter fo- Twitter followers, and more joining our Discord as well. And we continue to be humbled by the fact that we are downloading close to around 5,000 podcasts a month uh, via Podbean and its uh, outlet. So, you know, <laughs> thank you for that. Long-time listeners of the podcast will know that it started off life as a small project on the website Project Umbrella, hence the name. Myself, Batman and Mr. Spencer decided to continue where the RPD dispatch finished and formulated the existence of the podcast. Other staff members from PU joined, uh, like George Trevor, but uh, some others uh, joined, albeit temporarily. Uh, As it turned out, we continued to grow from there. We added Stars Tyrant and Rombi at a later time, and it was clear that the podcast was fast evolving and could no longer be accommodated on the Project Umbrella website. 
Separation of the two entities started firstly with the live vidcast, then the Podbean, uh, and the social media separation in November 2018. Since then, the divide between website and podcast, although clear, has actually been hindering our own plans for growth. Various actions has caused the podcast team to make the firm decision that starting with episode 58, we will no longer be the Project Umbrella podcast, but the Resident Evil podcast, or REP for short. Don't worry, nothing will change. All content will be changed going forward uh, in terms of the name, but uh, our Podbean URL, the social media outlet, um, will all be intact, supporting all our old podcasts and so forth. The only notable difference will simply be the name, so there's still the same nonsense and still the same law, I can assure you. But there's also a more exciting reason behind the change, and you guys will be privy to that in the new year, before episode 58, uh, which will be our Code Veronica birthday walkthrough, there will be a short special announcement to look out for. That will be on YouTube, that will be on Podbean as well. Uh, this will be uh, out in new- early in the new year, and uh, a big reveal. Trust me, you do not want to miss out. So whilst this episode does represent the end of an era, uh, we firmly believe that despite covering at least uh, all the games at least once, there is so much more to come from the Resident Evil podcast team. And it goes without saying that the next few months or so there will be some changes so we are eternally grateful for your ongoing support for the podcast it means so much to us that you continue to listen to us after all these years and rabbit on about um you know the misadventures of jill valentine and chris redfield um it will be eight years in february which is quite incredible and we feel because of this exciting project that we've got coming up um our determination to really become the definitive uh, podcast out there that's the that's always been the goal. We will uh, continue onwards to be uh, your number one choice for Resident Evil and Biohazard po- uh, podcasting outlets. So we thank you so much for all your support and please stick with us uh, in the next couple of months. And um, yeah, we really appreciate it. So have a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. But on that note, it is goodbye for me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. It's goodbye from me, Rombie. It's goodbye from me, Selfish Jane. Everybody waits for Christmas. For me, it's New Year's Day. It's gonna come and take my blues away. I'm wishing on the stars for Christmas and hoping for a better day. Where's everyone going? Bingo? 